Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. All right, welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Kevin. Hey, guys. And Andy. Hey, now. All right, let's welcome back on the show, Carrie Shirley. Hey, guys. Hey, Carrie. Nice. All right, this is episode 353, Gas-Powered Helicopter. We're going to get gassy tonight, I can tell. Oh, yeah. A lot of gases in the air. Feeling a bit gassy, uh, especially <laughs> after last week. Carrie's uh, like, what did I sign up for? <laughs> <laughs> How many gas jokes are you going to try to put in? Uh-huh. All right. Oh, don't tempt me. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it, man. We got five more left, so let's do this. Uh, <laughs> let's catch up with Errol's week first. Uh, who wants to go first? Ian, uh, me? Oh, no. My, me. Okay. Andy, do it. Me. Okay. So what did I do? Oh, I built my... Puma Freedom Edition. Got that in the mail Wednesday, I think, or Tuesday, Wednesday of last week. Got it pretty much all built. I had to wait because I didn't, I guess I didn't think about it or I didn't remember that I needed the mini servo mounts because I'm building mine with mini servos. So I ordered those on Friday. They showed up today from BK Hobbies. And I needed a pinion. I knew I needed the pinion. I just forgot to order it. Um, so all that stuff come in today. So I should be able to finish that later this week. I want to get a maiden done and get everything ready for next week. Um, my box showed up from Arizona that I shipped back. It, nice. I actually got it on Friday, which was wow. pretty cool. Wow. Yeah, so I've got my 420. Everything arrived uh, in good shape. No damage or anything, so that's good. Um, So now I just got to... I guess that's... I didn't fly any. I haven't bought anything yet. Um, I should have something bought by the end of this episode, but we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, (laughs) No. Uh, yeah, I guess that's it. Just been building a heli. It looks really, really freaking cool. You'll love to yeah. see it, Kevin. I'm going to yeah. bring it to Florida. You oh, sent me a picture. Yeah, I stripped down the, the Oxy-5. So that thing's ready to go for you. Cool. And got everything ready to, to put over in this Puma. The build was pretty easy. I don't mm-hmm. remember anything being too weird. Uh... Yeah, see how it goes once I fly it, but it should be okay. Um, I guess yeah, that's that paint, it. that paint scheme, dude, looked like Evil Knievel. Reminded it, me, it of, really like, does look totally. like Evil Knievel. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Really cool. The original Freedoms look more like a flag. This one really looks like <laughs> Evil Knievel with the blue stripes, the way they did the stars on a blue stripe and stuff. Yeah, it's pretty cool looking. Yeah, it looks nice. Yeah. Um, so who wants to go next? Kevin, Steve? I can go. What have you been or, up to, uh, Kevin? Or Steve yeah, can go. go. <laughs> All right, I'll go. Um, yeah, so good week uh, for me in the hobby after Thursday. 
Uh, speaking of gas jokes, I had my colonoscopy on Thursday, <laughs> which is, <laughs> and I gotta say, men, the drink that they made me take this oh, time no. ten years later was ghastly. Like oh, I yeah. try, I, <laughs> I tried to choke down a gallon of this stuff. Yeah. And thank God the Planker's not making too many more episodes or he would have <laughs> included that into something. Mm. But uh, the last time it was an orange drink, like Gatorade, I was like, this is great. No problem. Everything's out and ready to go. This time I was struggling for like the whole four hours to get this stuff down. It was ridiculously bad. I got about three quarters of a, of a gallon and I'm like, I'm done. I can't do anymore. Like, and went to it was no problem everything's fine there they you know found nothing but it was it was hysterical because i came out of the anesthesia and i remember last time like having to lay there for a while you know but this time i kind of like woke right up out of the anesthesia and she was like well if you're feeling like walking over to the bathroom you can get dressed you know and and do your thing and i was like yeah sure i put my feet on the ground and i took like two steps and i was like oh this is just like having a few martinis and trying to make it to the bathroom <laughs> like no problem i got this oh i got this <laughs> yeah so uh but i was i was wiped the hell out because yeah. we we recorded tuesday night until like 11 30 i had to get up at 3 30 that next morning and take my wife to the airport and then i put in like a full day and i had to meet a guy at 7 a.m and all that stuff and then I'm like fasting the whole day and I'm oh. like overtired. Yeah. So it was, it was pretty rough and I had to get up pretty early Thursday cause thank God my appointment was at like 7am and I was in and out. But then Thursday, dude, I was, I was done. I slept almost the whole day. I was in and out and you know, and then I slept all night, but Friday was great, man. I had, I had off Friday and got a lot of stuff done around here, but went flying on Saturday, man, with Steve, Steve Shaw and buzz. And Marshall, a couple guys that come down, uh, you know, seasonally, and it was great to see Steve. Man, we had a we had a ball, dude. We were just laughing our asses off and having a good time. And uh, Steve, man, I'll tell you, Steve, we've talked about this before, Andy. Like, you know, he slowed that head speed down a bit, mm -hmm. and I think it's because Marshall's there. Marshall, Marshall's doing a lot of um, a lot of F three C, and he's got a couple and really nice F three C machines and. Old Futabi flies with Nick Maxwell mm -hmm. uh, at that field. Um, yeah, I saw and, those and yeah. pictures you had. It has a nice JR something, that full fuselage F3C model. F3C, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that that's a pro drone. Yeah. Oh, okay. those things are oh, nice. Okay. Insane. Yeah. What, what, Steve? Is it pro drone, right? Or pro pro yeah. drone, yeah. He's got two of the, um, is it the Genesis models? The SAB or no, the SAB ones. No, no, he's got two of the. Uh, what's the other one? The uh, Quest. No, the, the um, I forget the name of it now. The F three C ones that are uh, that have that Italian from sounding SA name from SAB. Yeah. Oh, Urukai. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Italian sound. Yeah, Alaskan sounding. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got two of those, and uh -huh. he's got the Pro Drone, and. Uh, I mean, he paid a lot of money for that pro drone, but yep. it's an amazing piece of machinery, mm -hmm. like super tight, like just comparing things to the, to the Yurikai, like it was just, it was, it was amazing. And it even sounds different, like in, it just sounds really super quiet in flight because everything's enclosed, you know, and it's, it is on the Yurikai, but this thing just an amazing machine. Uh, there are and, no bolts in the frame. 
Right. It's completely glued together. One uh, piece. Yep. And uh, the tail push rod goes from the front of the fuselage, front of the frame, all the way, you know, to the tail, all the way through the, it's pod and boom inside. And, uh, it's, uh, it's pretty, pretty amazing, man. Pretty amazing. He was doing some really cool maneuvers, just, you know, some, some speed stuff and not speed, but just racing it up and down and then doing some F3C stuff. And it was a windy day, but it was, it was a lot of fun, man. We had a good time. Buzz is doing a lot better. I think I think it's better when we all get together because we're all like feeding off each other. I've, I saw Buzz putting in some pretty good flights. Mm-hmm. And what I was going to say initially, Steve, man, he's toned down his head speed a little bit, and I think it's oh. because Marshall's there. And dude, that Steve Shaw's a pretty damn good pilot. He's getting a lot yeah. of flights in, and he's he's like doing some pretty cool stuff when he when he slows down and tries to, you know, or when he just slows things down, you know, in general. He can he can really fly that machine pretty good, but uh, yeah, had had a great time. I flew to Oxy Five a few times, and I, I had a lot of fun. And then on uh, Sunday, man, I I put a table in the middle of the garage and started getting the XL power ready. Man, started putting that together, and that's been coming along pretty good. That nice. that's an interesting build too. There's there's a lot of engineering, a lot of thought that you can see goes into that that helicopter. Did you, you find know, beyond you all the pieces? Yeah, yeah, and I saw your little note about, you know, the I, I know how you, you took it out and put it back together to keep everything together, yeah, and I saw your yeah, little note put about it together the, in a different way than it's supposed to go. But I try to make a note for you. Yeah, no, that was great. And I opened up, you know, the PDF manual on my iPad, and I was just going along. I do like that little set screw that's in the tail boom, man. That's that's pretty cool. Great idea. Just uh, just a few, like I said, engineering things that I saw, and I was like pretty impressed with it. So it should be interesting. I have a tail servo, and I dug out that, and I dug out my ESC. I'm still looking for my uh, my motor for that, but I think I'm just going to order some cyclic servos at some point. You need a and set, get that have a set for sale. Do you? Yeah, we can talk. Okay. Oh, I know of a set for sale of some um, MKSs if you need them. If they're still for okay. sale. Okay, cool. Yeah. And so, you reminded uh, me of something when you get done. So. And besides that, all I've been doing is still working on my umpteenth hobby, which is now all this automation stuff I've been doing on my house, which is it's, it's so geeky, but it's super cool, man. One of these stupid little plugs off of Amazon, and I've got them running on Home Assistant. And now I got this whole like daily energy, like consumption, like tracking that I'm doing in the house here. And it's, it's, it's pretty cool, but it's not entire. It's everything 110. I got, I got something in the works to monitor some of the 220 stuff that's, that's coming in. What um, controller are you using? I just have a program called Home Assistant, which is open sourced, like okay. community based program loaded up <laughs> on a Raspberry Pi. It's a lot of, it's a lot of tinkering, a lot of programming, but it's it's really cool because like I have I have a um a Google um Nest camera out front and I have some and that was real expensive. I have some real cheap Wise cameras around uh, the garage and I can integrate both of those on that platform and the switches are Casa like it just integrates with a lot of multiple you know manufacturers without their specific hub or anything like that. You're you're tracking all your power consumption. Are you going to 
like record that and figure out how much you use. Put a bunch of solar panels on the roof or what your I would love to put that. I'd love to put some solar panels on the roof. My end goal is to tell my wife to stop whatever she's doing. <laughs> That's causing power. No, I just I'm just like it's uh it's just interesting. That would be stuff, cool yeah. to, I was just thinking like you could say, well, I only really use, you know, so many kilowatts a week or whatever, and then you could kind of mm-hmm. size a system to that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, true. And and they do have they do have a way of tracking that too, you know, your power output as as far as your input too. And they're, they're constantly, like, like I said, it's user-based. So, or it's, you know, community-based. So they're constantly updating that hmm. whole platform, which is pretty cool. Like, you know, a year ago, they couldn't do the wise integration of the cameras. And it's just, uh, it's, it's, for me, it's a lot better than just per- buying one hub and settling on mm-hmm. what I can do. So, it's it's been a lot of fun and and the automations are cool. Like I I put in some under cabinet lighting this weekend and uh, you know, a little motion detector that turns on. That was all the automation. But then if the washing machine is finished, I can have that turn blue and you know I can you can integrate Alexa to say hey washing machine is done. Mm-hmm. You know that kind of thing. And I can get a notification on my phone. I put a little water sensor down under the AC unit because I've been having some issues where that when that pipe backs up, right. it overflows, and I've had that leak. So now, if that ever goes off, I get an alert immediately on my phone. Mm-hmm. And, That's very uh, cool. I can yeah. incorporate that too. I bought some. I bought some relays that also are Wi-Fi that I can put in line to some of the shutoffs, so I can automatically have it shut off. You know, also while that yep. notification nice. is given to me. Yeah. So it's uh pretty cool like i said umpteenth hobby man (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's crazy with that stuff yeah and it's cool there's a lot of online help a lot of youtube uh videos on the subject there's a little bit of a learning curve but it's not too bad and like i said the i can customize i I can customize a a dashboard for you know an ipad or monitor any kind of you know tablet that i have in the kitchen my sister has an older tablet i could just give her like a, a dashboard with all the cameras that she would want to see living above the garage, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Like if she hears somebody outside, she could, you know, check it out. Nice. So it's, it's, it's pretty cool. I'm just like cracking the, the outer shell think, of this I right think now. Integration on those things is, is still really the problem because, you know, you're not quite sure which one to get and you kind of tie yourself to a technology once you get it. And, right. you know, five years down the road, it's junk and nobody supports it. And now you're stuck with thousands of dollars of sensors and switches and gizmos that you don't know what to do with. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And that's why they've just the last over the last year, they've been instituting this platform called Matter, which is supposed to be like oh, yeah. a, a cross platform. Oh, cool. But we'll see how that goes when that comes out. Hey, usually um, those guys don't like to play nice with each other because that means you won't buy their stuff necessarily. Well, exactly. And that's what I found with some of these um, initial things that I found before diving into some of the more hard, harder programming is, yeah, it, it integrates, but you can only turn it off and on. If it's like a colored light, you can only turn it off and on. You can't change the color unless you huh. dive in further and do some more programming. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 cool keep me out of the bar <laughs> my brother's got a, a control four system and that thing is 
very powerful, but you can't do anything with it. You got to hire somebody. You got to hire their consultant to come change it. And those guys aren't cheap. So anything you want to change, you got to call a control four guy to come change it. Not good. No. Yeah. Well, and with the, the job that I do, there's, I would love to be able to implement this as a one button solution for some of the things that I need to happen. Uh, I can't, unfortunately, but I can, you know, just practice some of the programming and some of the stuff that might come in handy down the road, uh, for some of the applications we do have on the job. So it's, it's cool. Never stop learning. Yeah. That's nice. So that's been my week. What have you been up to, Steve? Like, before Steve goes, you oh, reminded right. me of something I totally forgot about. Uh, I think I spoke about it last week that I bought a Nick Maxwell edition Spectre yeah. uh, from Nick Wisdom. I received that as well. Same day I got my Puma Freedom. And uh, what made me think of it when you were talking, Kevin, is um, he sent me a note and said that he... He actually sent me the updated tail shaft, you know, just straight from Heli Direct. And he said, and I took all the blade bolts and shipped them to Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, nice. Excellent. <laughs> nice. Thanks, Nick. Yeah. Awesome. So shout out to Nick. He, we did some trade around. And so I got a new in the box Nick Maxwell edition to build at some point. Cool. Awesome, man. I may save that for a winter build. Of course, I guess winter's already here, but yeah, it's yeah. getting near. I'm about to say it's kind of getting cold already. Yeah. All right, Steve, what you been up? Cool. There? Not much, not much at all. So, uh, no flying this past weekend. Um, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't really feel like flying. I kind of got back from Phoenix, and uh, um, I didn't have my helicopters that I brought to Phoenix, so. Basically, that, those were in transit with UPS, and it's surprising you got yours on Friday, but I got mine uh, yesterday, so it finally did come in on Monday afternoon. Um, yeah, I got that unpacked. Uh, everything came back okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I want to use this case. It's big. It's, <laughs> it's big, just big and bulky. Expensive. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to try one more trip with it and try to do it under that 50-pound weight and mm-hmm. see, like, you know, if I do bring it into the airport and yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I think you'll be okay if you can yeah. get it under 50 pounds. Yeah. Weigh yeah, I think, I think I'll do that and then, the right, and then, um, or, or do the, um. Well, yeah, that too. The NME trick, yeah. Um. And strap your lipo batteries to your chest to go through <laughs> ahead of time. Ahead, ahead of, time, of time this time. So right. that there's no guessing if I'm gonna do it or not. It's right. just already done, right? Yeah. No, I'll I'll take the batteries off. Put and them make in them a box like and batteries. ship them out the week before. That's the yeah, best way. I could do, do that too. Yeah. Especially like if I do take this heli- these two helicopters, mm-hmm. um, I can share one pack or two packs, but I have like maybe five of them, so I can go yeah, with two, ship, you know, ship having two, two of those packs it- probably cost you like ten dollars fifteen dollars yeah. at the most yeah. and it'd be so yeah. much easier yeah it would be way easier and not have to worry about that yeah. at least you know that back of your mind like oh man are they gonna make me throw away my mm-hmm. lipos you know or worse check them in <laughs> mm-hmm. so let's see uh beyond that i've been i've been um i've been paying off some bills and kind of getting things i don't know sorted you know i don't know if some folks know or don't know but uh my truck 
uh, reason why I saw Jersey plates on it is because it was a lease. Not anymore. Oh, uh, shit. Yeah, so I bought it out. Oh, nice. And yeah, paid the ridiculous amount of money for this truck, but yeah, it's it's mine now. Did 100%. you lease that pre-COVID? You did, right? I leased yeah. it pre-COVID. So now the, did buyout, they... the buyout was way cheaper than okay. me buying this car with less miles because I put yeah. a shit ton of miles on it. Mm-hmm. So the buyout is 33 and, you know, I'm supposed to only put like 30... 38,000 miles on it or 39,000 miles and I'm at 69 already so oh my and the lease is not up until May so I ended up just paying 38,000 and just get you know just the whole thing done so so it's all said and done and I'm kind of like oh broke (laughs) it goes all my money Mm -hmm. but um but that kind of got me thinking about like okay well you know I put a whole shit ton of money into getting this truck now and now it's 100% mine and what you do awesome but you know i saw this miata that's been sitting in the driveway for it's now been over a year since it's been sitting there with not much work done to it and um so i've actually called up a transmission shop to have them take a look at it so uh, after thanksgiving i'm gonna probably that monday or tuesday uh next week i'm gonna drop off that the miata to get it looked at and figure out whatever messed up shit is on with the clutch and, and get that fixed um, and then beyond that, I, I possibly might be getting into a different hobby. Um, uh oh. Yeah, I, I was just kind of, I don't know. I've always liked shooting. And, you know, with the winter coming in, I, I kind of don't want to fly. I don't know. I don't know what happened to me. I moved to Virginia, and within two years, I became a, a warm winded dick. Like, I don't want to fly. <laughs> I don't want to fly <laughs> if it's too cold outside anymore. I hear you, man. It's like 60s down here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> 60s. <laughs> Yeah, it's been about 40s and 50s here, and it's like windy as heck, you know. So it's just like, uh, I don't know if I want to go flying. So I I picked up a I picked up a pistol or two, and um, you know, I've been talking to some friends. You know, one of my high school friends does uh, USPSA, and obviously Mike D was a grandmaster yeah. in that as well. So kind of picking at their brains and stuff. I was like, let me try a couple. You know, let me try it and see. So. I put a little money into it. Um, you know, obviously I had to pick up a pistol and I bought like, you know, a couple of cases of nine mil to make sure I have enough so, ammo and so blah, blah, blah. you decided blah. nitro wasn't expensive enough. So you went to buy Right. Ammo. I went into a hobby that's <laughs> even more expensive than <laughs> nitro. Oh, yeah. yeah right. 100%. Talk about burning money. Uh-huh. Yeah. Pew, pew. <laughs> Shooting money down the, the range. But <laughs> hey. It's some fun and something I've always liked doing. I've always liked shooting and this kind of brings it up to like that next level of like just going to a range and shooting lead down the range. Now it gives me an opportunity to like, you know, learn how to draw and, and shoot and moving target, you know, while I'm moving and things like that. So I'm very interested in just learning that type of skills. Yeah. That is um, pretty cool. Yeah. yeah Steve, we've, like we've been shooting a few times mm-hmm. yeah. back when we both lived in Jersey. Had a lot of fun. I've got a friend that uh, teaches classes on how to do, how to deal with shooting in the dark. Mm. Because, you know, if you're like in your household and mm. something comes up, it's going to be dark. So yeah. they teach you how to, you know, what what to shoot at and how to aim and generally mm-hmm. how to handle that. Oh, and then they make you walk around in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. Uh, that's, that's interesting. I want to do one of those like, uh, you know, they use like, I don't know. They look, they got, again, 
I don't know if they're like BB guns, but they are like guns. They actually like shoot shell casings out and stuff, but like they do like these scenario stuff inside where it's safe. You wear like panic and things and, you know, and kind of do the scenario of like <laughs> breaching doors and shit. I kind of want to do that stuff. It just looks like it'd be fun. There's some kind of new gun that it's, it looks like a pistol, but it shoots rubber balls and mm. it shoots them at very high velocity to the point that it hurts. Yeah. And it's set up so that it shoots two rubber balls and then it shoots a pepper ball and then it shoots a tear gas ball. Wow. So, you know, you pop four of these guys on somebody and hopefully they, they stop and it, unless you shoot them in the eye or something, it's not going to kill them. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's going to get their attention. Oh yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know how deep my wallets are going to be for that hobby. So I'll try a little <laughs> bit, a couple rounds of it and see how I do. Like I said, I, I did get a, I did buy some ammo kind of cheap. So I'll, you know, I'll burn through those. Um, but yeah, beyond that, that's it for me. Um, Next, you'll be buying 10,000 rounds off eBay. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> no, it'll be reloading, right? <laughs> yeah. I remember somebody at work saying we were talking about something and they were on the news that said, he, oh, he had 3,000 rounds. And the guy at work said, who has 3,000 rounds? And I was like, shit, I was thinking, shit, I think I got 3,000 rounds behind my TV. <laughs> like, from coming home from the range. Yeah, I was thinking about much. it. I was like, hmm. Maybe I shouldn't comment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> awesome. All right. So let's kind of go into the main topic. We'll kind of catch up with you, Terry. It's been it's been over three years <laughs> since you've been on the show. So um, what have you been up to in the past three years? Well, thanks for having me back, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, you're right. It's been three years. That's uh a lot has gone on. We've introduced uh, a number of new conversions over that period of time. Mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know, uh, we primarily, my business, gas-powered helicopters, we primarily focus on conversions for popular, uh, mostly electric helicopters so that you can uh, install a gasoline engine in them. Uh, mostly 700s, although we do some, some 500, 580 class models as well. Um, trying to remember exactly what we've produced in that three-year period. I know we've got uh, we've got a couple of for Synergy, which uh, not uh, not very popular these days. Right. Unfortunately, uh, the seven sixty six was a really good conversion because mm-hmm. uh, that model worked really well with it. And we did a five fifty six, and it came out just in time for the business to close. So that yeah. that didn't work so well. But um, we've done um, uh, the Kraken, 700 Kraken. We've done the 700 Raw. And uh, we just came out with a uh, Oxy-5 gas conversion for the, for the Nitroxy. Uh, just uh, turned that one loose about two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. That's a OS Max GT-15 conversion. Um Three years ago, we were producing only the uh, or reselling the TRM engine. Since that time, we worked with uh, O'Neill Brothers OBR, and we now have an OBR engine as well. So I've got two different versions, uh, roughly equivalent in terms of power and usage. Uh, we worked with uh, Muffler Studio in Japan and developed two versions of their muffler. Uh, we're now on uh, version four of that, actually. Um, 
In a nutshell, that's the that's what we've done from a business perspective. Personally, I uh, built a scale helicopter last year. Uh, it's nice. been in my closet for almost 10 years. And finally, I decided, okay, it's time to build this thing, uh, either that or get rid of it. And so I spent about three months building that. It's a, a Vario, of course. It's an EC-135 with the uh, JetCat turbine in it. Nice. Uh, it's uh, nice. weighs about 35 pounds. It's uh, kind of a handful to fly. But yeah. uh looks nice. Um, I, I always wanted to build it. Like I said, I've, I've been collecting parts for 10 years, so it was time to get it, get it done. So it's, uh, it's sitting in the corner of my shop at the moment. Um, that probably covers, you know, business wise, what we've done and in personal, personal perspective, yeah, that was that was kind of my big achievement for uh, for the last year. Actually, was building that. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Now the Vario is that the that's the tail rotorless. Is that the it's one? It's a on Finestron. The, yep. Right. That's pretty. Yeah, amazing. it's an it's, <laughs> a, it's an eight bladed uh, Finestron system. It's amazing. It's amazing that it that that even exists, and it's twice as much so that it's in an RC form. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's now the, they've come out since then. They've come out with a quarter scale version of the EC135, which is uh, it's amazing. It's uh, the parts on it are even more scale accurate. But mm. Jesus, that the kit's like three or four thousand dollars, and of course turbines and other stuff. So you're gonna yeah, right. you're gonna twenty five grand in that thing easy. Wow. And say it's a handful to fly. Is it just because the it's heavy and it's heavy? Just, you know, the first time I flew, it was, what yeah. was funny was I'm flying it around and I pull the stick back to stop and it kept going because <laughs> it weighs thirty five <laughs> well, pounds. Yeah. So you got to anticipate right, right, where you want it to go. <laughs> and then turbine power on top of that, it's not like, yeah, I guess that Actually, would be a handful. That engine's pretty powerful. It uh, it handles it without a problem. It's just uh, you know, it's, like I said, it's a heavy model, so right. it doesn't react quickly. Which it's a scale model, so it's yeah, not it's, supposed it to. It shouldn't. Right. Right. No inverted flight. No. No. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, so let's talk about your newer products uh, that you got in gas power helicopters. Uh, you know, let's talk about the Super G caster. I think that's the latest of your, of your. Yeah, offerings, we actually right? haven't. It's actually not in production yet. I'm waiting oh. on some parts, uh, carbon parts for it. I've got everything else. Um. So earlier this year, we produced a conversion for the uh, SAB Raw, mm-hmm. and it was uh, traditional in terms of how we configured it. Um, you know, engines lower in the frame. Uh, used our standard clutch system, uh, very durable, very reliable. One of our competitors built a um, more of a mid-engine version of the XL Power, uh, the Spectre, the V2, actually. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people ask us, why don't you make a mid-engine version of the RAW? Because the the way the canopy set up, it it's it 
lends itself very well to try to do this because you don't have to make major cutouts in the canopy. It's it's a fairly narrow canopy as it is. So um, we set about designing that and um, finally got it, uh, got all the parts made and uh, it's been tested and it's flown at uh, the fun fly out in Phoenix. Yeah. There were a couple of them out there. Steve and I were both there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Were you? Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. So you've seen it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's um, it's actually a very simple model. It's probably the simplest one we've done. Oh, really? uh, it's it's easy to build. It's easy to to configure. There's not much alignment issues or other problems to deal with because it's a double belt design. Mm-hmm. It's a triple belt design, actually. Yeah. Um, again, uses our our primary engines are the TRM three ten and the OBR three ten both of which are uh, considered 31cc engines, make about the same amount of power. Mm-hmm. I, at least one of the ones you saw in Phoenix had a tuned pipe on it. Mm-hmm. Those are uh, considerably more powerful, mm-hmm. uh, also more difficult to tune. You, uh, If you get that wrong, you can you can burn the engine up pretty quick. I would they, almost, I would also argue that it, they're more difficult to fly, but you got to keep them loaded up yeah. and... Eat it up, you know. Yeah, they like to run at a constant RPM, and you pretty much got to keep it there, or it uh, it's not making its max power. So, you know, by and large, we recommend people use mufflers. Uh, the muffler we we design we worked with Muffler Studio on um, makes the most amount of power of any of them available, and uh, fits well with both of these engines. One of the things. Uh, we do is uh, actual dyno testing of these engines. Uh, that's not very common because it's a it's it's a not an inexpensive gizmo to uh, to actually use. But all of our engine and muffler combinations are all dyno tested. Anything that has to do with the engine uh, has been dyno tested and maximized for both power and vibration because we've got vibration sensors on it as well. So we got an idea, you know, how each engine performs, where does it make its power, what about the vibration levels, where are they? We have a pretty good idea, and uh, most of that's been published either on HeliFreak or on uh, Facebook. Actually, include uh, power curves with every engine, so you can see where you need to fly the uh, head in terms of head speed right. to get the best power out of it. Yeah, and that makes a big difference if you if your helicopter's not geared properly to get you in that correct RPM range for your engine. Um, big difference. Yeah, you know, one of the reasons I got involved in this was was I say back in the day, several years ago, the things were a mystery. You know, there were a few people who who told you, "Here's what you need to do." They didn't necessarily tell you the right things. And in most cases, there wasn't a consolidated effort of take this set of components in this configuration, and it's going to work pretty much guaranteed. And that's really how I got involved in this was, okay, let's put together stuff that we can prove works to people. 
so that it's it's less of a mystery and you're more likely to succeed. Mm-hmm. I can't guarantee you're going to succeed, but uh, you have a very high likelihood of succeeding because you're spending a lot of money for this stuff. It's expensive. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of, uh, in the past, there's been a lot of negative opinions about gas helicopters and their performance and noise levels and all these things. So my goal was really to, to get past that and provide people with configurations that are virtually guaranteed to work. Mm-hmm. And they do. I mean, uh, our kits don't break. You don't have to buy other parts. Uh, our kits are complete. You, you buy the kit, you buy the the donor helicopter, an engine and a muffler and the electronics, and you're going to build it and it's going to work. Yeah. Nice. I got to provide say, enough information so that you know how to tune it and what RPMs to run it to get the best power out of it. Mm-hmm. I was very impressed when I opened the box. Uh, I got the, the raw gasser conversion. Um, I never did get around to building it. Cause I don't know, I suck apparently, but I was so impressed when I opened the box, the way you have everything packaged, uh, in baggies, it, it kind of reminds you of, of opening an SAB kit where everything's in a, in a bag, you have very nice color detail yeah, instruction, instruction manual, and then you include the tank, the, all the little bits and bobs you need to make it work. Yeah. So you don't have to go and source all that stuff from different places. Very impressed. Yeah, before well, I appreciate that. Before we um, before we started this, there were a couple other companies making conversions, and you got basically the raw conversion uh, to use sort of a, a, a yeah basic term. You got the parts, and then if you needed fuel tanks or you know other gizmos, you had to go try to find them, mm-hmm. and maybe you could find them, and maybe you couldn't. So. Another of my goals was to make sure you didn't have to go search for that stuff. You buy our kit, it's ready to go. Yeah. It comes with all the fuel tubing, all the, you know, fuel fittings, tank, mm-hmm. Velcro, everything. All you need to do is sit down and build it. Yeah. And the instruction guide, uh, which is actually what I've been working on for the Super G, you know, I do as best I can with it. Um, I, I don't do a bunch of 3d drawings we take actual photography Mm -hmm. of the process and uh, i I think we've pretty well captured uh everything you need to know to build it properly Uh, if there's any specific tricks you know i include those in the manual throttle curves fuel tubing setups because it's a little unusual if you're used to to plumbing a nitro model this is a little bit different so we provide, you know, a diagram and tubing links and all the fittings and tubes that you need with it. So uh, if you just take the time to look at the book and uh, spend some time building it carefully, it'll go right together and work. Mm-hmm. How long does it take you to put together that manual? That's got to be a lot of work. Uh, it varies. Probably uh, 60 to 80 hours, I would think. Yeah, I would say. You basically have a photograph of every step plus right. a description of what you need to do, like instructions. It's very detailed. Yeah, basically, I build a model and photograph every mm-hmm. step of it and then go back and uh, put in whatever relevant notes are not obvious from looking at the photograph. Yeah. 
It's good. I mean, I've I've had other conversions, and you basically get some frames and maybe a couple spacers, and then a list of all the other crap you got to try to find, and then good luck figuring out how it goes together. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't subscribe to that at all. I mean, you're, these things are not cheap. Yeah. Um, and I I'm just not impressed with getting a bag of parts. I mean, like right. I said before, we produced our kits. That's when I bought conversions. That's what I got. I got a bag of parts. It's mm-hmm. like okay, that's that's nice, but you know, it was a lot of money for just a bag of parts. It'd be nice if right. you told me how to put it together. Right. Very cool. I was always impressed with the SAB bags that they've, you know, included with their the numbered scheme. I think Oxy adopted that mm. in a way. Yeah, I just built one here. Now I have a thousand Ziploc bags. Yeah. <laughs> they put a bag in a bag in a bag sometimes. Yep. Sometimes the, the screws and the washers are in different in bags. A bag, and then the, each individual aluminum parts in a bag, and then that's all in mm-hmm. a bigger bag. Mm-hmm. So in, I'm, I wanted to ask you a question, Andy, about the raw. Mm-hmm. I did something different with that kit. I bagged all the nuts and bolts in, in separate bags to themselves. Mm-hmm. I know you haven't built it. I don't know if you looked at it. You know, I mean, typically, I looked at what, it, but I didn't really pay attention. I just saw a bunch of bags. It's like, wow, this is impressive. Typically, what we've done in the past and what a lot of most manufacturers do is if you have a step, you get the parts for the step and you get all the fasteners that you might need for that step. Mm-hmm. So with the Kraken and the raw kit, I tried a kind of a different approach, which was, okay, so here's a bag with the parts you're going to use on this step. But it's just a, then there's a reference to the fastener bag. And in the fastener bag, there are, you know, 25 or 30 little bags, each with the different types of fasteners in it. And they're all labeled so you can see what they are. It's not like, you know, bag one, guess what's in it. Yeah. It's like bag one, M3 by eight millimeter yeah. socket, socket head bolt. But it's more of a reference back. It, it, uh, it made it easier to package. I was just curious your thoughts on actually building it. But you haven't, so I haven't. <laughs> I for me that no that would be perfectly fine. Like I, I guess I'm just used to looking at bolts and nuts. I could dump them on the table and pretty much tell oh, that's a M3 by eight or that's a M3 by ten or whatever. Mm-hmm. I I could see how having the fasteners that go with that step in a bag would be easier for. Some people might prefer that or a novice builder or something, but just having all, as long as you have a reference that's saying you need two M3 by 10s and then this amount of washers or whatever, I don't think that would be a real problem. I mean, that's got to be way easier to package. It is. Your thoughts, Steve, you've got a lot of stuff. You have a I, I don't know if I'm going to do other. that with a Super G because it it has such few fasteners in it. I mean, uh, this I one of the guys that built it told me it's actually got less parts than the original model does. I didn't check that, so I can't yeah. say that. But um, it it doesn't have many very many bolts. Yeah, yeah. right. As, as far as the bolt, um, I mean, I built the the raw gasser, the, the I guess the previous version. Yeah. Um. It didn't matter to me. I think um, being being that I've built enough helicopters, it really didn't matter if the bolts were worth the bags or not. Yeah. I think for for like more newer folks, I think having the bolts specifically for the the you know 
part that they're putting together in that mm-hmm. bag with them is a little bit more convenient for them because then mm-hmm. they don't have to kind of but oh I gotta go to this bag and then within this bag I gotta look at this bag number mm-hmm. to pull out the bolts and stuff. Um but that's just I think for new people. Mm-hmm. How many new people are gonna be buying a raw gas conversion, you know? So right. it's a kind of a remote point too as well. So I think I it's fine think it either matters. way to be yeah. honest. Yeah. So actually what now that I'm thinking about one thing that I don't really like and i don't know if anybody's doing this anymore but some companies would take all the fasteners and hand thread them into each piece Mm. i don't like that because i find it's just extra work to take all that out i mean sure Mm -hmm. you see where it goes but i'd rather just pull them out of a bag or pull them out of a a pile or a cup or something and insert them instead of having to take them out clean them lock tight them and then put them back in well, I'll tell you, one of the things that guarantees is that you have them all. Right. That's true. That's true. I mean, it's yeah, thing, yeah, right? it sh- yeah, it shows you how to build it, but I don't think that's the purpose. I think the purpose is to make sure you yeah. actually got them all. Yeah. I just find it's time consuming. It. I don't like sure it at is. all. Yeah. <laughs> of course, I and, might and be I different. Do I have so. a whole box full of every M3 screw you can get and washers and nuts. And so I. If one's missing, it doesn't matter yeah. to me, but I might be different. You are different, Andy. Yeah, that's true. I, I, <laughs> no, don't, know I, I don't know why. I'm I exactly mine. like that, Andy. <clears throat> oh, exactly one more thing way. we've done uh, quite recently is we partnered with Miniature Aircraft in Germany and produced a, uh, a Whiplash U.S. Special Edition. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's a Whiplash gas. Uh, the basic model is the same. But it's got a U.S. color scheme, and um, uh, we put all the options in it, all the doublers and um, nice. all the matching color parts, and uh, it looks really good. Yeah, we we talked about that on the podcast when you announced that you were going to carry that in your store. Uh-huh. It looks really cool. I, I, I can You can buy that canopy separate, maybe? Yes. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking you I can. need to get that canopy from my whiplash. Yeah, the value cool. in it is it comes with blades and everything, and it's yeah. less expensive than if you if you bought all these things separately. It's going to cost you more than if you buy. Oh yeah, this kit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, if I if I was looking for a kit, absolutely no doubt. Because yeah, like you said, you you add the the frame doublers and stuff. Some of the upgrades that they've done over the couple of years. So, I like yeah, it. we put basically every option they have for it in there. Plus, it's got uh, this U.S. color scheme. I like it. It looks nice. It's a it's a durable helicopter, and it's actually the only one you can buy that is not a conversion mm-hmm. for gas helicopters. Yeah. It's an out of the box gas helicopter. Nobody else, unfortunately, nobody else makes one anymore. Uh, I, I'm told Bergen may, uh, but I I can't find any evidence of that. I think if you call and ask, maybe they'll make you one. It's one of those situations, but no, it's, it's a good heli. I've still got mine. I don't fly it all that often, but it's been a solid machine. I've really not had any problems with it. Uh, they're built, they're built extremely well, as you would expect, you know, German engineering. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's really nice. Um, the, um, 
I talked briefly about this uh, Oxy 5 conversion that we turned mm-hmm. loose. Mm-hmm. It's for the OSGT15. Uh, their latest version is the HZ2. They've uh, made a lot of modifications over the years to make the model more durable. You can ask a lot of questions about, you know, does it really work, etc. So we produced a video, mm-hmm. which uh, is actually... Uh, on our store and in HeliFreak and some other places on Facebook where you can see the model perform and it, it works, you know, it's not, uh, a 14 horsepower electric helicopter, but on the other hand, it's not 50 bucks a gallon to fly it either. It's right. 50, how, 50 cents a flight. Does, like what kind of power does that thing put out compared yeah. to a, like a 50 size nitro? Uh, you're talking about a 50 size nitro kind of power. Okay. That's why we run it on the five. I don't recommend anything greater than 580 in terms of blades. Okay. I mean, you can run longer blades. You're going to get the best performance. How's the, the, the weight range. though? It's, I imagine considerably heavier. It is heavier. Yeah, sure. Okay. I mean, it's a, it's a converted 90 size engine. So mm-hmm. it's a 90 size block. Now. Now, a positive out of that is the conversion will let you put a 90-size engine in a 50-size helicopter. We've seen some Uh guys do that with the 570 that you made back a few years ago. Got the the big block mod. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, I haven't released it yet. I haven't even talked about it yet, but we're going to do the same thing for the 580. Nice. Right now, we have a Kraken version, and I think I can make a raw version using the same basic same layout. So nice. that'll be another GT15 conversion that we do probably middle next year, maybe before. Depends on how much time I have to nice. put the kits together. That'll be something I need to try. I was kind of all geared up to do my uh, N556, and then I crashed it, and then right after that, all the synergy stuff kind of went the way it yeah. went and i was like yeah maybe maybe i won't i thought it was very curious that uh mr bodos is now a heli direct pilot that, that is curious isn't it yeah it surprised me when i saw that because i i don't know didn't know he was even flying yeah 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 same I mean, here i know he was flying as i saw him in uh ohio when i went to mm-hmm. that at a bed but mm-hmm. yeah, I was still surprised that like you know, Matt would join the the HD team. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Heli Direct, they carry many of our products, not all of mm-hmm. them. Uh, they're carrying the raw conversion. Uh, I think they're going to carry the Super G. They carry our engines, nice. mufflers, and uh, some of the other accessories for it. And yeah, that's awesome. that's more recent, right? I remember hearing about yeah, that, that more recent. Yeah, that started about six months ago. Are you seeing a lot more um, sales, just more visibility? Yeah, that? absolutely. Like you get more sure. getting out there, more people are aware of it. That's cool. Sure, absolutely. Nice. Yes. Well, that's it's great. Been, uh, it's been great to uh, be inv- be partners with them. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, they've been easy to work with. Um, you know, as they sell stuff, we, we send it to them. So, nice. Um, and because of their, you know, they're, they've got pretty in, much an international reach. So I, mm-hmm. I don't know where they sell into. I suspect it could be anywhere. Mm-hmm. But um, it's a lot easier to just send inventory to them. Right. Especially on the international side. International shipping's a pain. Yeah. 
Yeah, if they got those logistics worked out, then yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure they do. You know, utilize that. Yeah, that's the shipping's gotten crazy. <laughs> it sure has. Yeah. I mean, I I talk to Bert sometimes about what it costs him to bring those SAB kits in, and it's just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it it makes you wonder how he makes any money. Oh, I can tell you how you make any money. You don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's the problem, bringing them in, and then everything's free shipping, going yeah, you back ship to the it customer, to and you got so you got to eat eat that. It, yeah, it's it's tough. If anybody thinks I'm making a lot of money doing this, uh, let me let me put your mind at ease. You are, <laughs> you are covering my costs overall. Uh-huh. Thank you very much. <laughs> Cool. Um, so I want to talk about this thing that Andy got recently that he's looking for a motor to actually use it. Um, what was the kind of the brainchild of this breaking engine stand? Like, so uh, one of the problems with these Zenoa engines is, you know, at their base they're a they're a yard implement motor. They're a mm-hmm. weed eater motor. Now they're highly modified by either TRM or OBR. But nonetheless, it's an industrial engine, so they're fully ball bearinged, and they're made out of durable, durable materials. So it takes a while to break these things in. Typically, about uh, three gallons of fuel will really fully break them in. Mm-hmm. And if you put that in a helicopter, man, you're talking a lot of flights and a lot of flight time and you really you really shouldn't push it very hard so it's very boring to do a break in in a helicopter mm-hmm. so several of us have developed running stands of one sort or another usually you know something either custom made out of metal or mine was actually made out of plywood it worked fine but uh got the idea of you know what it's kind of a common problem and I think there is somewhat of a market for this. Let's design one. So I worked with my partner in Australia uh, at JC Designs, and he mm-hmm. came up with a design for it. I got it manufactured here in the United States and um, outfitted it with all the instrumentation and servos and other things that you need to make this thing work. Mm-hmm. And in the end, what it is, it's a it's a turnkey solution to break in your helicopter engine. Um you know, you bolt the engine into it, you bolt the prop on it, you put fuel in it. The fuel tank holds a gallon of fuel, so you're only going to run a couple of those. Uh, oh. It has a servo controller that allows you to cycle the engine uh, as you would um, um, a car or anything else where you don't just oh. run it at constant speed. And basically, you start the thing up and walk away and let it run. You know, it'll uh, it'll go through that gallon of fuel in several hours. And you do that a couple of times, and there's a published process that comes with it. So it's it's not quite that simple. But and the end the end game was it makes it very easy to break in one of these engines, um, and you can do it with a minimum of uh, of pain and suffering, really. Yeah, almost foolproof then at that point, right? It it you really can't go wrong with it. I mean, as long as all the parts are working, it's pretty straightforward. I hope it's um, so easy that even I can do it. 
Uh, I'm sure you can do it, Andy. It's not a problem. Yeah. <laughs> if I can do it, anybody can I've, do it. Oh. Yeah, I've broken in two engines in my whiplash, and uh, it, it. I mean, it is boring. <laughs> yeah, it's a good it's time to boring. practice orientations and do hover mm-hmm. oh, for the comb top stuff but i mean it it takes a while it's a lot uh, more fun to pull it off the stand shove it in your mile and I, go the hell out of it that's what i <laughs> yeah. imagine and I, i'm yeah. expecting to get a better break in as well because uh you know i put a gallon through mine uh in the heli being real careful with it but then that second gallon, you you kind of start pushing things Leaning probably a little, a little quicker than you should just because, you know, okay, now eh, it'll be okay to do a couple rolls and then, you know, and then, you know, so it, it's hard to, to control yourself. So I'm sure I'll get an actual better break in by doing, using the stand. Uh, one thing yeah. you mentioned about the stand I wanted to kind of dig into is the, you have a, a servo that's actuating the throttle and it's, it's, it's cycling. Like you said, right. It's, it's uh varying the RPMs. Uh, what, yes. what's the brains on that? Like you have an Adreno controlling that or like a raspberry Pi? Like how does, what's the logic, you know, that's sending that PWM signal to the, uh, uh, it's a commercial controller. Um, I, to be honest, I have forgotten the name of it. So I got to go look it up. <laughs> yeah, hang which on, I I'll go, go grab it. Hang on. I I'll, can, right uh, I'll get it just in a second here. Well, while you're looking for that, Carrie, you said prop. Is there is there an actual prop that comes with that oh, yeah. that you put on that? Yep. Yep. That's we provide an APC too, right? prop. Absolutely. Oh, it's an APC. Yeah, it's, yeah, a like 14, it's a 14.4 prop. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And do, and I'm curious for the for the cycling uh, mechanism on it or the control unit for that. Um, does it matter what engine you have? Like, does it matter if you have a Zenoa versus uh, nope. a TV, uh, you know, OBR, or how about even a Hanson, you know, which might not even be a 310. It might be a 300 Max, you know? Nope. You're going to follow the same process regardless. Oh, that's um, cool looking. The, o- the only difference may be the RPM ranges that you set. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in general, they're all the same, so... Trying to see what Andy has there. Yeah, it's yeah. S. What is it? St. Eight. That's it. Is it? I who makes this? Does it say uh, here? It's uh, it's out of China. Kind of looks get like from, an ISDT product, but it may not be. You can get them from uh, a main. I don't think. Um, I don't think it's basically Direct sells it. It's 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 basically a. A servo okay. tester, Steve. Right. You can plug in four servos, but what okay. makes it work is you can test. You can set um, the 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 pulse width. It's you know a a, right. a max and a min, and then the speed and the duration between them, and have it cycle. So by doing that, then you can get the servo to cycle. You know, however you want. I I, I assume. You can set the number of cycles, probably. You can, yep, and then absolutely. The, the speed of the cycle, and then the, you know, each endpoint of the servo. This would have been great to annoy the crap out of my neighbor for like. Oh an yeah, it'd hour. be fantastic. <laughs> uh, it is incredibly uh, annoying 
to listen to. I, I, I take <laughs> them out to in an airplane event. And they'll just think it's someone hovering in an airplane. Yeah. Right? Well, they'll, just, <laughs> they'll just think it's somebody starting their their airplane up for an hour yeah. while they put it back I in do, the car. Yeah, I do need to. I don't know I, if it's in the manual or what the actual RPM ranges you're looking for on the engine and the amount of cycles at various well, stuff. I think the engine comes with that, right? You said that the engine comes with a, a, a sheet kind of. Yeah, you'll find that in both the engine and you'll find uh, some general settings in the manual that comes with the yeah, okay. with the uh, stand. Awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it because he, he also has a temperature sensor, a, a, mm. um, a vibration sensor. What else? Oh, not, a vibration, not a vibration sensor. No we vibration. Do, uh, RPM and RPM, temperature. RPM and yeah, temperature. Yeah, I was about to say. You have to get RPM, right? Like, I mean, yeah. right. I would think that would be okay. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. all the things that you really need to know about, we included in it. So um, you really don't. Once again, you don't need anything else. It's made by a Toolkit RC. That's like. okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, makes those little chargers. Those little chargers. It is. Yeah. It is a very sophisticated servo tester. I mean, you can. Uh, you can dump up to um, uh, 28 volts into it, I believe. Yeah, 28 volts is max, at up to 10 amps. Wow. And it looks like you can run, like you were saying, four servos on it. So you could probably run your full set of servos on it. You could, yes. And you can, not only that, but you can, uh, you can activate them separately so that they're all doing different things. Oh, nice. Uh, it's a very sophisticated controller. That was one of the reasons I picked it was um it made this it made the whole process automated. You know, you you set this once you set it up, you really don't have to mess with it anymore. Right. All you need to do is tell it how many cycles you want to run because it's a counter and you gotta reset the counter. But mm-hmm. other than that, it just works. I don't mm-hmm. have a battery here. I was gonna plug a battery up and mess with it, but um yeah, it, it's I think it's gonna be cool. The the operation of the thing is a little weird. Uh, we provided uh, in the manual. There's a couple of pages on how to how to set it up for what we're going to do with it. Right. There's a manual that comes with it, and there's a web page you can look at if you want to get more sophisticated with it. You can. I I basically just provided enough instructions that you could set it up to do what you need to do on the running stand, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to use it for other stuff. Center servos, test them. <laughs> I do all kinds of stuff with it. And why not? As I said, it's a very powerful controller. I was very impressed with it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, it did a, did a really, really neat job with the way the stand. Um, you can go online and find pictures, I'm sure. And I talked about it a bunch when I got it, but it's... The reason I had to get one is I really, I looked at it at Urcha or excuse me, at the Urcha Jamboree (laughs) and, (laughs) um, it's, it's just such a cool little device you've built like a, it's really neat. I was afraid I would never have another chance to get one. So I had to order one. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't, we made 10 of them. We sold all 10 of them. I don't know that I can sell another 10 of them, and I have to make them in lots of 10. Right. So I don't I don't know that we're going to make any more. If, I mean, if somebody wants to buy 10 of them for some reason, we probably will. But Right. Um, you might it, could sell was, a couple more. It, I don't know if you could you sell. I don't know if you could sell 10 more. Maybe. It was, it was a tremendous amount of work to get those things oh, put bet. together. I bet to get all the parts and get them put together took about three months. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's a bit of- but again, it was something that uh, our customers I thought could uh, could appreciate and make use of. So there's ten of them floating around, and uh, I know some people are are selling a break-in service with them. <laughs> So that, uh, you know, if you don't want to fool with it, you send it to them and they do it. I, I don't have that kind of time. So mm, yeah, the money's irrelevant. I don't have the time to do it. Yeah. All right. Send me a message. If you, if you got some extra money, you want me to break in your engine. <laughs> I'll, I'll do mine first. See if I can figure out how, and then, you know, we'll see. Actually, nice. I've, I've got service. Again, so. I already live in the middle of nowhere, Carrie, so I just set it all out in the backyard and it'd be fine. There you go. Now your family will hate you, but they already hate me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> then they'll hate you more. <laughs> no, I put I put no, I can take it down to the shop. I can set it next to a grain bin fan, you'd never even hear it. Oh, there you go. Oh yeah, that that's probably true. Mm-hmm. Those things are not quiet. Yep. Well, I think you'll like it. I mean, it makes yeah, the I'm, process easier I'm, than, than anything you've done before, and it will do a good job of breaking it in. I'm looking very much looking forward to it. That that it cycle that cycle process really seats the ring in good. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's cool. It really is. Yeah, yeah we're probably. always trying to look come up with new cool things. Um uh, another thing I should mention uh, that happened since I was here last, uh, another company got into the conversion business. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have oh, talked to him. that's right. Yeah. There's a guy in Greece who runs a company called Blackout Mods, right. and he makes conversions as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, he made the first mid-engine conversion, if you will, which was for the Spectre V2. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, he has them for lines and uh, Glogos and a couple other models. Uh, very popular. It's another. We we try not to cross each other in right. terms of, of the conversions we do because this is a pretty small market. So it just yeah. doesn't make sense to compete with each other um, on these things. But um, you know he's been pretty successful with them, and you'll see them flying as well. Use the same engines, same electronics, same muffler, same pipes, etc. It's just another, you know, another way to support your favorite brand of uh, donor helicopter. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, you know, we've mentioned blackout mods on the show over the years. We yeah, had, we we had, had him on, on an show. episode. We had him on. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Dennis yeah, or Dionis? What's his name? Dionis, but it, he just goes by Dennis. Dennis yeah. yeah, Dennis is Dennis. He seems is, like a cool guy. Yeah, he's a cool guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's come up with some really good ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that XL um, gas conversion. That, yes, I flew that one. You know, I tried it at one uh, one of the events, and it was nice. Mm-hmm. Helicopter. Yeah, 
I do really love that uh, that whole inverted clutch, like that SAV style inverted clutch, kind of bringing that motor into that, what you call it, a mid-engine type of uh, mm-hmm. layout. I really do dig that. And in the raw Super G and also in, in the Blackout Mods, uh, like the conversion, it's, it looks really cool. And it just feels like that's the next level of gas or helicopters, is to bring that CG up higher to make it roll and flip a little bit more nimble and a little bit more like a, like a nitro, like an electric, you know? Yeah. That's the feedback I've gotten on uh, the models that, are, that have flown. That uh, That's exactly what it's done. So uh, it was a big departure for us. Uh, all new parts, nothing right. compatible. Uh, it, it's quite, frankly, quite an expensive conversion to make. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looks like it's going to be successful, so I hope yeah. people like. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking for one. When you, what, what, what are you thinking? Sometime next spring, next summer. Oh no, probably January next month. Okay. Oh wow. Okay. Nice. Uh, all I'm waiting for is a carbon parts, and uh, as long as I beat Chinese New Year, uh, it'll be huh? early, early in the year. Okay. Cool. If I miss that, it'll be March, but. Right. Uh, they they they're working on the parts now. So now we don't. I don't do hundreds of them. You know, I do mm-hmm. about fifteen at a time. So mm-hmm. uh, we're going to do the first fifteen as soon as I get the parts. Probably January. All right. Are you going to do a pre-order? Um, possibly no, then, or you, you got a list that. somewhere? I mean, like if can I slip you a twenty and get you right <laughs> a waiting list? Yeah. You know, I I did a pre-order <laughs> once. We did um, a conversion for the Agile 7.2, and I did a pre-order, and there were delays in getting the parts, mm-hmm. long delays in the parts, and it made people mad, and yeah. we refunded their money. It was not a problem, but I didn't like how that felt. Anything can go wrong. You know, there's sure. a bunch of parts in these things that I'm sourcing from 10 or 15 different vendors. And it never surprises me that when I call them, they say, oh, we don't make that anymore. or We don't have any yeah. or when we're going to have them. That running stand you've got, that fuel tank on there, mm-hmm. I like to never got those tanks. Really? I mean, that's a, that's a standard plastic one-gallon tank. Well, guess what? They don't exist, man. Really? Getting those things is almost impossible. And that's a $50 fuel tank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I imagine it's way worse now than three years ago, too, because just yeah, everything's got hard to get. Yeah, it's not available. Mm. Have we ever talked about um, kind of your design process when you come up with these new models? I know you work with, with JC Designs. Does, yeah, so does he do most bar- of the design work, or do you do the design work? He makes the stuff, or so my partner in is in Australia. His name is Joey Chan. He's a mechanical engineer. He's been designing these things since 2015. I think we did the very first Goblin conversion, and uh, the way it works is basically um, I ask him, can he make a model for X, Y, and if we can get some of the IP from the vendor to make that process easier, then he will design the thing. 
And what he does is produce all the design files, sends them to me, and then I part them out to various vendors to have them manufactured and kitted okay. and then retail it. So he does so the design, but you're you're on the ground. You're getting the parts made from various places. Okay. Yeah, right. it's absolutely a partnership. Uh, right, I can't right. do it without him, and he can do it without me, but I, he doesn't have the time. So Yeah. All right, cool. I'll yeah, he's designed uh, pretty much everything, everything we have except engines and mufflers. Mm-hmm. And I've worked with the particular uh, modifiers on those parts directly. Mm-hmm. That uh, were that's where the dyno system came in to be invaluable because uh, could have never done it without those. Yeah, I think you. Last time you were here, maybe you had just gotten that, and you were just starting to to run your dyno. Have you been able to to tweak some things and and improve stuff by just being able to Absolutely. do the data and make a tweak and then retest it? And Absolutely, nice. Yeah, the uh, OBR engine that I talked about that was a six month process to build that. Uh, there were multiple iterations of the engine, mm-hmm. both in terms of balance and port timing. Uh, to wind up where we are. And the fact that we can capture power, uh, torque, RPM curves, and the actual vibration level across that uh, has been invaluable. I would have never been able to do that without that tool. Nice. Yeah, I wish it would do uh, glow engines, but it's a little too big for that. Mm -hmm. I know Rob Bingham in the UK is working on uh, one for glow engines. And I, I think he's eventually, now that he's got all his uh, uh, CNC equipment, mm-hmm. I think he can finally get that finished and, um, that would be and nice. do some testing with that. Because, you know, all this stuff is, it's like uh, mythical. You know, people right. tell you it makes X amount of power at X RPM. Well, you don't know. I mean, you, maybe you can prove it and maybe you can't. And one of my goals was to objectively tell people, okay, here's what you're getting, and here's where you should run your engine. And, you know, it's data. So it's not me just telling you this is, gee, it makes more power. It's like, yeah. you know, here's, here's two charts. Here's engine A, here's engine B. They're different, mm-hmm. you know. Draw your own conclusion. Yeah, I always appreciate that because the, I call it the seat of the pants dyno. I mean, it. It sometimes is kind of helpful, but usually yeah. it, you can't remember what the other one did or the weather might be different. I mean, there's so many different variables. And if you're just flying a heli, it's hard to say, oh, well, this one's 10% more powerful. There's no way to really. And it's hard to quantify. Yeah, there's no way to measure that, really. And almost always there's a political agenda mixed in there somewhere <laughs> because somebody's a sponsored pilot for somebody. And yeah, sure. Their, their stuff's always better. Now, I have taken a lot of heat, more or less, especially in the forums over. I refuse to publish actual numbers. I will not publish horsepower numbers or torque numbers simply because it turns into a pissing match over, you know, you fudging the numbers because my engine's more powerful than yours and et cetera, et cetera. So what I just produce is here's the power curve. Here's where the power is. Run and run your head speed between these two RPMs, and you're going to be happy. Live with it. Right. You know, if we produce a new version of the engine, and I'll show you how does it how does it differ from the previous version in terms of mm-hmm. 
max power or delivery. And, uh, you know, again, you can, you can set your model up to deal with it, but I just don't see any value in, in publishing the actual numbers. And I will tell you that a lot of the stuff you see, especially from the car guys are bullshit. Mm. They publish these huge numbers of, you know, 10 or 12 horsepower of these things and they may get them, but if so, they've gotten in a configuration that you'll never get on a helicopter ever. Either the pipe's too big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or it's running at an RPM that you can't you can't run at. Yeah. Or it wouldn't last very long. Or or it won't last, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's actually a, another that's another difference that we found in, in various engines. Um boats and cars and helicopters are not all the same. They all run differently. You know, the cars don't run at the same RPM all the time. The boats are water cooled and helicopters run generally at a, at a same speed for extended periods of time. And we've seen failures on some of the internal parts, uh, at that constant speed. That's why there's not a, uh, if you're familiar with the Zenoa line, they make uh, a 320 engine, which is a bigger engine. Well, you don't see any of those because out of the box, they don't like to run at constant RPMs. I think we'll overcome that eventually, but so far um, it has not been useful to market that engine. Yeah. Not for helicopters. The car guys make hay with them, but mm-hmm. well, the cars I, aren't don't really care about vibration. I don't imagine either. That's true, or as at well. least not as much. So. No, that's true. And um, spent a lot of time with vibration sensors to make sure that um, at the RPMs, our engines run, they're as smooth as we can make them. Mm-hmm. And the modifiers spend a lot of time making changes to the engine to make that work. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if people appreciate it. People complain about the cost of these engines, but the amount of work that goes into them is is not insignificant. It's a lot of work to modify they modify the crankshafts, they modify the pistons, they modify the cylinders, they modify the flywheels. All that stuff's done by hand for the most part. Some of it's CNC, but most of it is not. Takes a lot of time, takes hours. Mm-hmm. People aren't going to do it for free. So, uh-huh. Again, back to my earlier point, if you think anybody's getting rich in this, uh, you're not. We're not. Yeah. Uh, what right. else we got, Steve? You have anything new coming down the pipeline that you you're working on? What's the next project? I mean, it's got to be something. Well, the uh, the 580 that I talked about that'll that'll mm-hmm. probably be the next thing that shows up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Super G is out. I mean, I just got to get it kitted and produce it. Um, maybe some something to do with engines down the road. Um, I'm not going to elaborate on that, but there are a number of engine projects in the works. Nice. Hopefully some of those will, uh, show some progress and be fruitful. I love uh, it. Yeah. Nice. If, uh, if Luca will produce the flash, we'll take a look at converting it. Mm-hmm. Cause wow. the oxy oxy five worked out fine. I was actually pretty impressed with some of the little design details he put into that thing that just make it easier to build. I mean, simple little stuff like 
you know, tabs on some of the parts that will only line up in one way. Yeah. Yeah. And what I really loved were those little inserts in the tail boom so that once you figure out which way the belt's supposed to go, you push the inserts in and you don't have to worry about it anymore. I'll never get twisted out. I love that. Yeah, loved it from back in the Oxy Three. Oh, yeah, is that when it started? Yeah, all the way back then. Yep, that was a great idea. That tabbing system that he has in the frame, I think I spoke about that in the review, or that was one of the first things we marveled at. It was such a simple idea, and it was just made it that much Mm -hmm. better. Yeah, just shows his like, like you're saying, and nobody's getting rich off of this, and he just loves the hobby, and he's into those little details to make things easier for everybody and yep. you know, how can I make it better? Right? How can I make it better? Exactly. Yeah. 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 And, and he did. I mean, it's a great, it's great ideas. It's just little stuff. It doesn't cost any more money to do. It's just a, mm-hmm. a you know, additional little nicety that makes it simple. It's great. It's one good thing um, about Luca is he's got a real passion for the yeah. hobby and helicopters and making right. cool stuff. Always. What's you saying, Steve? Sorry, I didn't mean to. No, 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 hundred percent. No, just kind of going back to what what Carrie is saying that you know that he has future projects of engine modifications or work on engines and stuff. And I just want to kind of shout that out. I think that's really awesome. That um, that's one aspect I think we're missing in the nitro community now is is engine modifications or engine mm-hmm. designs or new engine casing. You know, just just new things in the nitro stuff. But I love that. You're not just producing these conversion kits and making gas-powered helicopters a thing for you know for folks, but you're also looking to improve the power plant as well. And I like that you're not just improving the airframe, but you're also improving the power plant to go with that to kind of keep pushing um, both of those aspects you know to higher levels. While you know companies like OS, I mean, let's shout them out, OS and YS. They're not and they're not going to make any new motors for nitros just because. Not There's no market, market for share. them. Yeah, yeah, not enough market share. And then, like, if they build a new motor, then it's kind of a chicken and egg thing, where they, you know, the helicopter manufacturers need to build a new airframe that can support that motor, and and vice versa. So, you know, uh, yeah, that was actually a real problem when OS came out with the GT15. It didn't fit anything. You know, right. it would go in a 700 class model, but it didn't have enough power to fly a right. 700 class right. model. It wouldn't fit in a 600 class model. But it actually works pretty well there. So what did they do? They actually produced, OS actually had a branded T-Rex 600 conversion for the GT-15. Really? That's yeah, interesting. Cool. I didn't know uh, that. It, yeah. It did work. And mm-hmm. they didn't, They didn't. I don't know who made it for them. I, I doubt seriously they made it. Yeah. Um, it did work. And that's where, uh, you know, I got the first experience with, well, you know, this will this will work in a smaller model. It, it, it right. works pretty well there. And um, there were some, there were still some conflicting things like the crankshaft was too big to use on a 50 size fan. So you had to have a different hub for that. And then they came out with a second version where the crankshaft was smaller. It would fit the 50 size fans, but the engine was still too big to put in the model. So (laughs) you needed engine mounts and other things that they didn't have. So it was Mm -hmm. still kind of a, this doesn't work. So that, right. that's where we came up with the idea for the conversions. We got our own cooling fan. We got our own shrouds. We got our own engine mounts. It, mm. it just bolts right in. It's not a problem. Um, but, you know, the, the real 
the real driver behind these these gas powered helicopters is the engine. So if the engines don't perform well, the rest of the model doesn't matter. Right. And we continue to try to push performance on them as best we can. I mean, the tune pipe idea really changed the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I still haven't produced any or sell any because they they wind up being trouble. More people burn up their helicopters than than will enjoy them. And I know if you talk to Doug Darby or um, Tom Welch or any of the other guys that fly pipes regularly, they didn't have success the first time they bolted it on. It took a oh, while yeah. to get that worked out. And a lot of people get frustrated. You know, you burn up a couple of engines. It's not cheap to have them yeah. rebuilt. So um, I've, I've, stick, I've stuck with mufflers because they work. And uh, we've gotten as much power as we can, I think, out of the muffler system. Mm-hmm. But again, we're gonna we're gonna continue to push, uh, you know, power plants as best we can. Uh, either try to make them lighter or give them more power. We're getting pretty close to all we can get out of this three ten. I think I, I'm not sure we're gonna get much more out of it. Yeah, is that the the progress for the future? Just try to to squeeze more power or different engines with more powers. I feel like the, the kits have gotten about as light as you can go. I mean, I guess you can always shave weight, but you got to get into like real extreme circumstances if you really want to get those last couple ounces. So I don't know if we can get much lighter. I guess we just get more powerful to offset it a little bit. Yeah, the problem with that? getting lighter is you wind up breaking parts. Right. And one of, the, one of the hallmarks of our kits is they may not be the lightest kit you can buy, but they're not going to break. Right. They're pretty durable in crashes, and they will I, – I've never had anybody tell me they broke drivetrain parts or anything significant. I mean, if you crash it, you know, it might bite, break the frames or something. But Yeah. Well, the, I mean, the just critic- the, the, the big engine – I think is the, it's the thing. And I don't really know. I mean, if there's any way to make that really any lighter because it's just, it's what it is. We've tried that. I mean, there's, um, there was a project several years ago that Doug and Tom spent a lot of time working on with a guy out in California, mm-hmm. custom designed cases, worked with uh, TRM to custom make an engine for it. Didn't run right. Uh, never ran right problem with, uh, problem with these engines is they like flywheel weight. Yeah. And if you take the flywheel weight off of them, they don't run right. Uh And unfortunately that's one of the heaviest parts on it. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's, there's not an easy way around it. I mean, they might get a couple ounces here, there. Um, I, I know Dennis, I think is working on something like an alternative cooling system where maybe he can, um, keep the same weight of the flywheel without having a fan on it. I haven't seen it, so I don't know, but, um, I don't know that we're going to get a lot of weight off the engine. The yeah. better plan is to just get more power offset it. Right. And as long as glow fuel keeps skyrocketing, you know, <laughs> if you want an internal combustion engine, mm-hmm. we're a good option for you. Yeah. Cause it, cause again, about 50 cents to fly the thing now, you know, maybe you don't, maybe you don't like the sound, maybe you don't like the idea, but 
sooner or later, that six bucks a flight adds up. Mm-hmm. Sure yeah, we did a we did an episode all about the cost and uh, which I don't the cost of gas is up now, but at the time even it was that. even less than uh, electric. Like if you figure mm-hmm. buying the batteries every two hundred flights or whatever, you can get out mm-hmm. of them. Some get less. The gas is even running the lantern fuel was still cheaper than batteries yeah. on a seven hundred size heli. So it's by far the cheapest way to fly. I mean, not the cheapest way to start because you got to buy the kit, you got to buy a right. conversion and all that. But if you fly long enough, you'll kind of make up the difference in the cost of the cost to run, I guess, cost per minute or whatever. Yeah, I haven't run gasoline in so long. I, I don't even remember running it. I only run lantern fuel and all these things because uh, I keep them in the house mm-hmm. and the odor, the after run odor will just kill you from okay. gasoline. All the boutique chemicals in that stuff these days mm-hmm. does not uh, does not age well once you turn it off. Yeah, I've been running lantern fuel in mine as well. Seems seems to work fine. It's always Works fine. clean and doesn't you know, doesn't give any problems. That was one of the, uh, no, go ahead. No, I'm just curious with the lantern fuel. Like, I mean, and I hear there's no performance, you know, differences between say regular 87 and lantern fuel. Um, you know, it's, is that something that maybe an aspect where you can get more power if you can run a higher octane and burn a little bit cleaner and hotter? I don't know. No, actually, uh, back to the dyno thing, I actually ran mm-hmm. some tests one day where I ran mm-hmm. different octanes of gasoline versus um, lantern fuel, and I couldn't tell any difference. Really? Made about the same either way. These engines aren't really designed for for a higher octane, so I think nope. it's wasted yeah. on it. Well, it's just wondering, like, as Could you, the as engine be designed for right. higher like compression? Maybe higher compression, run, yeah, exactly. I don't yeah. know. Uh, it, the answer is yes. Uh, however, the higher the compression, the more of the vibration. Mm-hmm. So That's it's, true. A, it, the whole thing winds up being a massive trade-off right. of horsepower versus, uh, vibration. I think we need to just do like a little bit of a 25 shot of nitrous whenever you need that extra boost, <laughs> <laughs> you know, remote nitrous button. <laughs> what about? Uh, well, we're talking about engines and maybe, you know, future advancements or anything. Mm-hmm. What about fuel injection, Carrie? Mm-hmm. Has anybody ever worked mm-hmm. on that? I mean, I know that's a whole system. can of worms, but. There is a company that um, supposedly is going to make them for, you know, common yard implements. Mm-hmm. I've talked to them a couple of times. Uh, the Currently, the system is is not practical because of expense. Mm-hmm. But if they go into mass production, and, you know, kind of the problem there is the EPA is becoming less right. friendly to any, <clears throat> excuse me, internal combustion engine. So, whether or not it ever comes to play, I don't know. But um, they have a system that uh, can be used on these engines. In fact, they have running samples of it. Mm-hmm. It's pretty complicated. You know, you got to have a pump and all kinds of sensors and injector and whatnot. So you're going to add yeah. some weight, but it does simplify the process. Um, that would be nice. You know, I'm sure you remember OS actually did a fuel injected glow engine at one time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
was never very popular. It was really expensive. Mm-hmm. I don't know how well it worked. Uh, the pattern guys mostly used them. I think it was a, a Hanno Pretner version. If you remember Hanno, he was a, uh, uh, an F3A champion for like years. Mm-hmm. And there was a Hanno version that was fuel injected. I think it was a 120 size. Might have been a 105, but I think it was a 120. And um, again, it was pretty. It was pretty complicated. It's always the problem. You got so many parts to make it work. Yeah. Now, I mean, I asked that, and I'm sitting here thinking the amount of sensors you're going to need to really make it work right and stuff. It's going to be way heavier than just the simple old carburetor. That's worth. Yeah, for we we've also years. tested reed valves. Mm-hmm. Uh, in both both modifiers. Uh oh, just lost. Oh, there he is. Oh, you must have found a link or something, Steve. Something popped up. But yeah, oh. yeah. No, it's just I just posted a link in our chat here. It's a GF40UFI. It's a fuel injected hundred watt generator. Like it has a rectifier and everything. It's it's pretty intense. Like if you take a look at the picture of this yeah, motor. Wow. Yeah. Um. But, so we did uh, reed valve versions. In fact, OBR makes a bunch of reed valve engines for cars. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Dyno tested them all. And what we found was at lower RPMs, yeah, they make more power. But when you mm-hmm. get up to the RPMs we use, no difference. Make about the same amount. So if you got a car, it's great because yeah. you're going to get, you're gonna get more wind power work off the line. Yep. You're going to get more kick up to about 10,000 RPMs. But after that, not really. Yeah. And it's heavier and it's more expensive. So why? Right, right. I mean, there's there's people doing all kind of silly stuff. There's a guy that makes uh, uh, superchargers for these engines, belt driven <laughs> superchargers, yeah. and there's no evidence that it makes any difference or not not worth the complexity. And I've I've never tried to push stuff on people just to make money or. Just to say, look what we did. If it doesn't make a difference, I'm I'm not going to spend time doing it. Mm-hmm. We've actually spent a lot of time finding things that don't work. So, <laughs> well, that's that's useful too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But again, our our goal is to make people successful with these things, so that they don't. You know, nothing upsets me more than for somebody to buy a setup on one of these things they either can't make it work right or they get frustrated with it or they damage it in some way before they ever really get to use it and as a result of that they say oh these things are junk i hate them not they're different you have to you have to know how to operate them but once you do you know you're gonna you're gonna save a lot of money in fuel and the engine will run for forever i mean you're not changing bearings and doing other maintenance to them. These Sanoa engines, they run hundreds, if not thousands of flights, mm-hmm. more than you'll fly it. You're crashing and damaged it before then. <laughs> you'll damage it in a crash yeah. before. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, uh, cool. I like them. I mean, they're they're not for everyone. Some people can't stand the sound. But, uh, you know, and yeah, the way, they do way more, so... Depending on your flight style, it's it's either great or not as good. Yeah. I don't know. I don't find the sound that annoying at all. I, I think it's a different beast, but I enjoy some people. watching people fly them. I think that the uh, 
that the pipe, that hotshot pipe, does get a little, a little crazy, and it just it's sounds wild, like yeah. it's loud, and it sounds like the helicopter's gonna blow up. <laughs> you know. See, I think if it's annoying you, I'm partly doing my job. <laughs> being Kevin likes that. Something. He's like, how do I yeah. make oh, it more annoying? Yeah. yeah, he needs to get a gasser. Yeah, maybe I will. Maybe I'll just go to Steve pick, Shaw's house and I'll pick it pick up. one up off a shelf somewhere. Yeah, go get nearby. Steve's. He's clearly never going to finish it. You won't even notice it's, it's been gone. 95% <laughs> built for four or five years now. Right. <clears throat> yeah, you've been what, doing what, him a favor. What did you get, Steve? I don't remember. No, we're talking about Steve Shaw. We're talking about Steve Shaw. Oh, well, I, you know I, Steve, yeah. don't you? I'm sure. Has he ever built that damn wood No, flash? it's no, still no, sitting on the shelf. It's, it, it's <laughs> not. Oh. I, it, it can't be much Car- left to do. Steve, Carrie Shirley is now pissed off at you for not building that <laughs> it's just, whiplash. It's funny. I remember He's one day surprised. he called me and he said, look, you got a new engine. Can I trade my old one in? It's like I've never <laughs> taken it out of the box. It's like, oh, yeah, okay. And we did. But wow. he's had that whiplash for, I bet, he's had five it or six years. Dude. Yeah, he's had it forever. Raj <laughs> and Larry went over there and spent a day getting it all finished up for him after OHB, wow. whenever that was, like three or four years ago. It still hasn't flown. Jesus. Steve, what are you doing, man? Uh-huh. <laughs> Let's yell at him next week, Carrie. You want yeah. to? <laughs> Soon, yeah. very soon, very soon, uh, very soon. Yeah, you'll surprise me and bring it. <laughs> Ooh. Steve, probably not. All right. Um, is it all we have for Carrie? Shall we move it on? You got anything else, Carrie? No, I think uh, I've covered uh, a lot of ground here. Again, I do appreciate you guys letting me come on and uh, and talk about one of my favorite subjects. Hopefully, uh, somebody's found it interesting and maybe we'll poke around some. Mm. Yeah. I, I do have to say, seeing uh, the, the Super G gasser running in, in Phoenix was quite impressive. Obviously, you know, the pilots behind the sticks were very impressive alone. But, mm-hmm. but beyond that, um, you know, we're talking about a, a, a heavier helicopter than like a normal electric or, the, you know, a nitro version. We're talking about, you know, higher altitude flying than normally would, I would guess, you know, at least for me, I'm not used to flying at a 2,000, 3,000 feet altitude. And um, just to see that these things, you know, still perform and, and cut through the air with no problem and just, you know, yeah, they run. They run good. Even in that, that altitude, you know, it was running really well. And obviously, Ben just flies the crap out of it. Um, mm-hmm. Do want to give a shout out, uh, you know, it was great that the the winner, what's his name, John? You remember the winner, uh, Serio. John Cia? Serio. That's it, John Serio. He, uh, I love that. Like you know, Ben flew it while doing the auction, and then like he right. lands, uh, the raffle. Yep. After after he lands, and then uh, you know, hands over the transfer to John, and he just takes off and starts smacking the crap out of it and flying it really well, which is great. Yeah. Great yeah, to see. So it was cool. Thank you, Carrie, for mm-hmm. sponsoring that. I think yeah. that brought a lot of uh attention to gas helicopters and it, it was a really cool thing well actually i was just a small part of it somebody out in phoenix ponied up for a kit and engine and muffler and i know doug broke it in and built it and mm-hmm. there was you know i i just provided a small part of it um when when doug told me they were gonna build this thing i was pretty close to having 
parts for the pre-production stuff. It's like, hey, how would you like to convert it to the latest thing? Uh, I'll send right. you the parts for it. And uh, he was okay with that, and he did. Uh, but, you know, somebody I, – I don't know the person's name who actually uh, donated the, the donor kit and the engine and the muffler and all it and the electronics, but somebody did. Uh, mm -hmm. I just provided uh, some upgrades to the conversion. But I was very happy that I think John's going to keep the model. Mm -hmm. And I know that, uh, you know, at Urcha, we gave away uh, a ready-to-fly whiplash. And that uh, that thing was worth about five grand. Fataba ponied up mm -hmm. high-end electronics, everything needed for it. You know, a lot of different vendors worked on that. And uh, I was happy to, to see that the person that won it, I think, is still flying it. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so many times, you know, at these mm -hmm. these giveaways, before the yeah. event's over, somebody sold it. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen that happen here. So I was happy about that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's always good to see someone winning something and actually using, using the product. It. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. The whole, like, reselling yeah. of it is just like, oh. That's got to be disheartening. Yeah. At some point. I understand it. I mean, you know, yeah. you understand it. Yeah. But you win something that you don't know what to do with and you know it's worth a lot of money. Yeah. But you know, someone else can use it too. So it's not going to waste as well. It, it would be nice if it, it went to somebody who was going to use it. And I think in this case, both of them did. So, yes. Yes. All right. I guess it's time to move it on. Sure. I guess so. All right, so Ian's not here, so no tech tip. No tech tip. Do we have a Kevin's Red Box re review? We have, yeah, a Kevin's drunken Red Box review. Nice. <laughs> I got a little, I had a couple of drinks, and I was going through my illegal streaming device, and I came across <laughs> Rob Zombie's new movie that he directed, The Monsters, and I oh, watched that. that. And mm. Is it I watchable? Gotta, Is it good? I got to say, it it wasn't like a blockbuster Rob Zombie movie. It was yeah. Rob Zombie keeping true to the monsters. I know he's a huge nice. fan of, of no, that. He's a and, huge monsters guy. Yeah. And just, and his wife, man. Now, his wife is probably primarily the lead role, and she's playing Lily Monster. And his wife's an oddity, man. She's always been the crazy chick in all of his movies and like, mm. like one dimensional. Like, mm. and so it was cool to see her, her actually do some acting differently you know N number one she's awesome. hot number two she's like a vegan zombie which is completely rare and uh <laughs> yeah so it was it was good though it was i mean it don't expect a lot it was it was just yeah. like true to the original it was kind of goofy and and funny yeah. and and uh it was it was cool and honestly i think it could have been rated g it was like no swearing no like no nothing it was probably pg but for no reasons that they're talking about, you know, different subjects and creepy things. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. And I think my, my sister's a huge, like the house of thousand corpses fan and Rob zombie fan. And I'm sure she's going to um, like enjoy it. That's cool. I mean, you couldn't make an R rated monsters movie. That just wouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah. You really got to be absolutely. Kinda, it had to be kind of, I like want to say wholesome, and, but wholesome in the, monster's way you know it's still right. weird and creepy but wholesome in a way it was it was yeah it was it was good it was pretty cool yeah i want to see it nice. and it's a shame that people kind of like i read some reviews before i even watched it 
or before I even thought I was going to watch it and, and people were kind of slamming it and I don't think it got great reviews, but yeah, what are they you know, it's, it's the same. It's like, I, and then the other thing I, I watched too was I, I watched the new black Adam with the rock. And I think I got 30 minutes into that movie and I was like, I have no idea what's going on here. Like, I don't know what DC is doing anymore. It seems like they, they try to either. cater. They try to cater to every diverse, like thing that they, uh-huh. they and please everybody that they just make a shit movie. Like I've seen it time and time again. It's just, I don't know. So to me, that's just like pointless. It goes nowhere. And you're like, okay, <laughs> but yeah, thumbs up for the monsters movie. I, I would check it out. Nice. You got to think Maverick was an un- unbelievable movie, though. I love that movie. I, I, I haven't, haven't seen that seen one yet. It yet. I really want to see serious? that. No. I haven't seen it Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, going to watch it. Um, maybe this is like stream that. Yeah. yeah, check it out. I, I enjoyed it. It's very entertaining for me. It is unbelievable, nice. man. It is so good. Nice. I got to watch it when the wife's not here, and she's not here until probably the end of December because she's not a Tom Cruise fan. Uh, like, like, I'll get, I'll get yelled at. So we'll get we'll get in an argument about Tom Cruise. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a big Tom Cruise fan either, but I for some reason like almost all the movies he's in. Yeah, I mean, so maybe I, I don't know what that means. Maybe I am. <laughs> the Mission Impossible movies are great. Yeah, I like great. the first Jack Reacher was amazing. He's pretty I still well watch great that movie. everything he's been in. He's just kind Even of weird. Even in the firm and he's just running constantly. He was yeah. great. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, he like runs in every movie. Uh-huh. Every movie right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's his thing. Like Brad Pitt, he's always eating something. Well, uh-huh. Tom Cruise, he's always running. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's my film. What about Andy? Andy, what are you what are you snacking on? Anything yeah. good? Okay. You got in your snack attack. Box. Well, I gotta have you know, I always come up with some snack for every season. Mm-hmm. Christmas so far, season I've, I've has hated pre- them all. Yeah, well, what do you know? Christmas season is kind of shitty for snacks and candy, in my opinion. Mostly because I'm not a huge fan of chocolate stuff, and there's a lot of chocolate. Where do, where do you Christmas. get the fruit cake I'm sending you? <laughs> nice. Can I use it as a doorstop? It's going to be one yeah. of those kind of fruit mm-hmm. cakes. And then send it on to somebody else. Use it to that's weigh, how, that's use it how to it weigh down my engine stand while I'm using it. Yep. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but one chocolate that I really do find enjoyable is a chocolate orange. You guys know about these chocolate mm. oranges? Yes. Terry's chocolate orange. Yep. It's fantastic. You don't know about this, Steve? No, I, I usually stray away from anything citrus and orange. I mean, citrus and chocolate. Uh, it it just sense. looks like an orange and peels. It's milk chocolate. It has a hint of orange flavor but it's mostly chocolate it's fantastic sounds good we always had that andy's candies uh, for christmas the mint the mints those are good too i like those Mm -hmm. as well andy's mints yeah mom always had those out yeah the chocolate orange that was that was like you know the rich neighbors got that stuff you can find them in uh, a lot of I mean, sometimes you can find oh, them I've seen wherever, this thing before, yeah. But uh, usually the drugstores will have them, like Walgreens, CVS. Yeah. Uh, I think nice. last year we bought a whole box of them, like eight or ten. We were going to give them out to everyone. I think we ate almost all of them before we nice. gave them away. <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty good. Just smack it on the table, and then it breaks off into little little slices. Really? Yep. Yeah. 
Isn't there a commercial out like that describing how to eat it? I don't know. I try not to watch commercials. I know, but I was back in the day when you had to watch them. Speaking of, yeah, never mind. I don't get into it. (laughs) I got, I've got a, a, what's the opposite of a recommendation? Stay away from. I got a PSA, a a PSA (laughs) PSA. annoyance of a, a streaming service. Oh, which one's this? Uh, Peacock. You guys ever used Peacock? Yeah, but that's like free, isn't it? It's like part of no, your it's, TV. No, it's like $6 a month. I, oh. So my kid's been watching this show, so I got uh, like his mother's login and, and did it here. So I've been going through and seeing what's on. Mm-hmm. I, I assume yeah. there's a higher level you can pay where there's no ads, but at the $6 a month, really? there's ads. Oh, and they're God. long ads, and you can't skip through them or fast uh, forward or uh, anything. No, no, no. I'm not it's, paying money for that. It is god awful. I hate it. Yeah. That terrible. sucks. Yeah, it's it's you, awful. You might as well watch Pluto TV then, because that's. Completely I would rather free. watch it recorded on a DVR. At least I can or, fast yeah, forward right? through them. It's yeah. awful watching stuff on that. Peacock sucks. Mm. I'm sure somebody might. Maybe you could pay ten dollars a month and not get ads, but. I'm just using somebody else's thing to, oh. for my Dude, kid. But when it's I was awful. when I was in high school, cable TV was coming around to our neighborhood, and I can remember them saying, "You're going to be paying for cable, and there won't be commercials on cable TV." Like that was their big thing. And yeah, bullshit. It was about a month after they put it in that they were like, "Yeah, we got to have commercials. We're losing money here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Figure out some way." Only the premium these. channels didn't have it, and you know, right. the only way I got those channels was to go in between channels <laughs> on my TV. Yeah, <laughs> to manually you know? yeah, that yeah, VCR manually, where you could you could you gotta get in between channels. You're like, yeah, yeah, you can get the spice match. channel. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just waiting for somebody to come up with the idea as happened with cable where you can so- start consolidating streaming services and you just pay one fee it's and you get gonna a bunch cable of again. <laughs> it's just going to be cable, cable again. We're going right. to make it, we're going to go full circle. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. All and then right. somebody will come out with something new and then it'll, that'll get obsoleted. We'll move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be that chip they pl- implant in your brain. You're going to be screaming <laughs> shit right into, right into your Just head. Close your, yeah, yep. you close your eyes and it, you dream it. Appears, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Sounds like we might be hearing some of this stuff in news and announcements. So let's move it to that. All right. Let's do some news. And? Announcements. Nice, Steve. All right. Get, get it in there. Yeah. What do we got here? Oh, yeah. That's what I heard about. So... My mouse quit working, so my computer's not working. All right. Uh, the AMA has been recognized as the first official community-based organization. And what does that mean, you ask? Well. In the eyes mean? of FAA, right? Like, yes. Yeah. Yes. The FAA has recognized the AMA as the first community-based organization. And if... I'm doing all this from memory because my computer froze up. <laughs> but if you remember the the FAA was only going to uh was only going to allow community based organizations. Yeah, well they was going to do those those sites where you could fly without the remote ID, but those were only going to be given to 
community-based organizations. Right. Does this make any sense? Now I don't even know what I'm saying. Yeah, it makes Stay sense. Right so I, they're making a big deal about them being the first one. What other ones are there? I mean, is there anything but that? Well, anything? that's what I was going to, I was definitely going to ask that question. Yeah, I know uh, flight test talked about, I don't know what else there would be besides the AMA. I know anyway. flight test talked about being an organization and, and starting their own community. Why couldn't they be another community based organization? They definitely could. They could be. Yeah. Maybe they will be. But, uh, the way I understand it, uh, is that now all the AMA clubs will be able to register for that. Freya or whatever that thing is right where you can have a site where you can fly without any sort of remote ID because it's a, a registered site registered like your site. club field or flying field or whatever. FAA recognized identification yes. area. Yep. Yep. So that's good news. That's good news. Yeah. That's because that the, the completely like, beyond comprehension delivering with drones thing didn't take off the way they wanted to they didn't they couldn't have the uh i just think they would they thought it was going to be a lot easier than it actually yeah they thought so many rolling things. truck rolling down the road was going to open up its hood and drones were going to fly out of it and then come back to a moving target yeah um, they're not there yeah yet. no cool all right that's awesome i love it amy that is Finally, good. That, uh, that's official good news. CBO, even though they've been around before the FAA was before, right. I was going <laughs> to say, I was going to make a joke. Yeah, the F, the AMA actually recognized the FAA. Right. That's yeah. the way it should be. Right. <laughs> right. But sure, you know how government people and their egos. So well, that's a little that's bit a of a mess. breather for for us hobbyists too. You know. Yeah, I think if you Not fly to a club field and your club gets the gets their uh, free uh thing done and everything then flying your models should be basically the same as it's always been and yep. you won't really have to do anything the, the concern it. about that and i don't know if it's going to happen or not is i i remember there was some discussion over uh your ability to establish that field was basically a one and done Right, yeah, there's right. going to be a one-time That's a opportunity. Problem. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't comment on that. As well. And it was non-transferable too, I believe. I yeah. remember hearing. Yeah. So you lose your field, and you find you're a new done, club. Yeah. You're done. You can't. You can't register a new one. Right. I don't know if they've changed. I remember that was one of the amendments. That was one of the initial to go back ones. and forth with. I don't know right. if they worked that out or not. Yeah. I would hope so. I would. Yeah, I would hope so too. I I think of a lot of that initial stuff we were reading uh, got changed. Got fought. Yeah. I would hope so because I mean that just means that like, you know, oh, that's kind of idiotic. It's saying, well, you guys who are now flying can fly, but when you're gone, that's it because that's what's going to happen, right? All these fields are going to go away eventually, and new ones won't be able to get created, so new generations won't have a place to fly. So it's just you know slowly killing the mm-hmm. hobby that way. Uh, it says the FAA also published uh, AC eighty nine dash three. On October 25th. Oh, dang it. My thing I was reading went away. Son of a bitch. Okay, here it is. Uh, okay, so that which outlined the application process for the Frias. 
And it says, as a reminder, the AMA must apply on behalf of the clubs wishing to designate their flying site as a FRIA. AMA's clubs department will be reaching out soon via email to club officers regarding FRIAs and the FRIA application process. So I guess what I'm saying is make sure your club is kind of your officers are aware of what's going on because they will need to apply for this to make sure that it gets registered. Somebody's bound to make some money out of this, whether it's uh, the FAA or the AMA. There's bound to be some money associated with it. 100%. Or both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. But at least it's a positive step in a positive direction. Hey, it's a good us. idea. I like it. Yes. All right. What else do we got here? All right. Mikado has Ooh, released a V-Bar Control Evo, yes. which is a new fly barless unit and a new mm-hmm. radio controller transmitter. Yep. So the V-Bar Evo and a V-Bar Control Evo mm-hmm. are the two things. Yeah. And I mean, they're posting some new stuff, which is nice. Um, I'll go over the V-Bar Evo a little. So they're going from a 98 megahertz processor to a 500 megahertz processor. So way faster processing power or memory. Um, so that's going to help. Uh, they're going to, let's see here, highest available computing power on the market to the state innovative step up, step down voltage supply to 2 volts to 16 volts at full power with high efficiency. Um, less heat, full telemetry and range down to 2 volts. Um, frequency, improve high frequency technology, high power sensitivity, so I guess better sensing, better gyros. Um, double sensing, double sensor systems used, try to test the technology in new sensors. And then, uh, there's some, some stuff for the hardware specs as well here. Uh, ESC frame rate up to one kilohertz and some other, I guess, telemetry stuff that they're, uh, they're working with. Um, is the transmitter backward compatible? I think so. Yes. So That's from cool. yeah, from what I um seeing that everything is backwards compatible. So That's good. Yeah. You want to go over to Vbar? Uh to yeah, I got a little again? bit of stuff here. It just okay. says new processor, six hundred megahertz. Um the touch is hundred and fifty megahertz. I don't know what that means. So the old version is 150 oh, okay, megahertz, and the okay. new one is 600. So we're talking okay. about four times yeah, the performance. Yeah, that's a big difference. Yep. Um, latest technology: ARM Cortex M7 with large catches and low the power processor for phones. Graphics yep. processor. So just upgraded, uh, updated processors and chips. Yeah, but uh, a whole bunch of updates as far as speed and size. And too, like. Internal flash disk is 4 gigabytes versus 120 megabytes. Uh, it's faster Wi-Fi. They're saying three times faster than before. Very fast connection. USB data transfers 10 times faster. Improved touch display. USB-C fast charging with 15 watt. Nice. Uh, any, any of the off-the-shelf USB chargers. Yes, that's awesome. Uh, extra fast and extra precise re- reaction to stick inputs due to faster processing. Hmm. Kind of surprised they didn't go with the Hall Effect gimbals mm-hmm. to take advantage of all this faster processing. Um, yeah, we don't have pricing in the U.S., but in Europe, oh yeah, we do. In the U.S., yeah, I only saw the Euro prices. Yeah, I'm only seeing Euro on the, their page here that we linked. I'll link it to you. That might be that's 
because we're in might the, be the same Euro site. Yeah, it could be. You're close. in the Euro site, but uh, it is yeah, the U.S. dollar. Okay, so the U.S. dollars for the black V bar control Evo, so the new touch in black is twelve ninety nine USD. Okay, um, the new Neils are two fifty nine ninety nine USD. So. I don't know same, if that's the same price same or maybe price, right. $10 more, maybe. I want to think. Maybe it was $249. I don't remember. Yeah, maybe it's the same price. Right. And do these and then, new Neos only work with this new the, no, I, the I, Evo? Or can you use those with. I don't touch? know. It doesn't say specifically in their, um, in their write up here. Okay. But I, I, I could that not. Be surprising. Right. I cannot see them not make it backwards compatible because, you know, that means no one will end up buying this because everyone has old heels, you know? Right. Yeah, it, it would make sense. Um, but the other pricing was for the colored version. So you have your quote unquote pick your color from like all the different blacks with the different colored trims and also the white, silver, dark silver, blue, uh, that coffee color and then the, the really fluorescent yellow. Dark um, and that's, yeah, and that's thirteen forty nine. So this these prices are cheaper than the V Bar Touch when they first came out. It was fifteen hundred bucks, right? Or I think it was like yeah, I think it was fifteen hundred bucks. Or how much was just the plain black one? It was like twelve, right? So this is gonna just say eleven ninety slightly more. Yeah, I'd say it's about a little bit more, but not much, which is Let's nice. See. Now, Steve, on the U.S. site, do you see the the tray models as well? Yeah. I was interesting. It was interesting to That's see that. That's marketed only for European sites. Yeah, these folks don't really use trays too much. No, not here. But interesting to see, just to see what that looks like, you know. And I think they're looking at uh, first quarter twenty twenty three, depending on FCC approvals. Yeah. So sometime early part of next year, hopefully. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited to see if uh, see how these feel. If I could actually notice a difference, you know, it's a, that's the kind of thing about these things. It's like, yes, you can throw in a lot of high end, faster stuff. Difference. Who would notice it, right? Like, you know, how Stacy? Sure. I mean, eventually know? they may add features that they can. They may add stuff that they can now do because of the faster processors, but straight out of the box, I doubt you'll feel anything. Yeah. You know, one thing I'm going to call out, and I even called this out in a Facebook post, is that, like, why didn't they upgrade, get rid of the plastic cases for the Neo? Like, it's been such a problem for the old Neos. Like, why mm-hmm. why continue that same plastic with the little plastic tabs and not like a thicker plastic, like an icon where you can mm-hmm. screw in the top of the Yeah, or just together. four screws, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, the plastic is very... Thin, so Thin there's no, yeah, there's nowhere to put those screws, right? There's nowhere to capture those screws. So I just, you know, yeah, like they make them, they make a metal case. It's like with this new version being revolution continues, right? That's what their slogan is. Why not make the metal case? Then they couldn't standard? sell a metal case. But come on, ten thousand injection molded cases in the box. Yeah, yeah. that too. They probably have all those <laughs> yeah. left over. Well, these are different though. Um, not just a new sticker because the V logo looks bigger, but not only that, if you notice, there's no bind port anymore. There's only a, a USB, not a USB C, <clears> it's a <throat> micro USB. So it went from a mini to a micro USB on the port, 
And you see the antennas come out. There's a micro USB port, but there's no uh, three-pin bind port anymore. So they changed Ooh. something about it. Oh, I don't know. Or the picture's wrong. <laughs> yeah, we're only it seeing a, a render. It, it could be a rendering, right. and yes, yes. So it could be me and just, you know, assuming the rendering's going to be accurate. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, do we have anything else? What else do we got? We have some new blades from Rototech. Rototech. The 420 Ultimates. They're on pre-order right now at A-Main Hobbies. This is for the Raw 420. Yeah. I'm interested in these As far as I can tell, that's the only heli they're for. But I am glad to see another option for blades. This has that special 5mm root with Mm 3mm blade bolt hole diameter. These guys um, make nice blades. These are a lot fatter, too, than, than the SAB 420 blades that come with it. So I'm sure it's going to bite pro- nice. Yeah, that should help it. The ones that come with it are okay, but they're they're pretty long and skinny. Mm-hmm. So looking forward to seeing how these work out. Like I said, they're on pre-order. They're $58.99. Uh, don't remember when they said they're going to be available. Soon, very soon. Yeah. Um, this is good. I'm glad there's a, another company stepping up to make yep, absolutely. a blade for this unique helicopter because it it it, it does say compatibility is only with the 420. So, you know, mm-hmm. they put a lot of time and investment into one single model. So, yeah, give it up to Rotatech for for making a new yeah, set of blades absolutely. for the 420. Awesome. Okay. I guess that's what else do we got? I think that's all I have. You guys Looks have like anything? It. Uh let's see. No. You have any announcements? I know you want to announce something, Steve. I can see it in your face. No, I don't have anything. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move it on to what's the next three in the hobby then. What's next for me? Yeah. Yeah, Kevin. Uh, I got Thanksgiving coming up and uh, probably get out to the field. Mm. And I got to get ready for. Eh, you know what? I'm at the point where if I crash my. The only thing I got flying right now is the Oxy 5. I want to take the the stuff out of my Logo 550. Maybe I'll bring it to um to the Winter Bash. And if somebody's looking for a Logo 550, I might sell it. You're going to get that Spectre flying before then? No, probably not, because oh, I need the man. servos and and uh, I think I'm gonna. I should got that six ninety two. I got servo for you, man. I'll ship it out tomorrow. Mm. Mm. Maybe I'll have we'll it talk. flying. We'll talk. Yeah, I got all batteries, you need so. servos. Get your money. No, I, got, I should take advantage of the uh, the Maniac's batteries and and at least order one set mm-hmm. for that. But, well, get uh, two because it's buy one get one fifty percent off. So for you to yeah. optimize on that fail, you know, it's better to buy two and get twenty five percent off each. Well, yeah, yeah, or he can just buy two successes so that way he can still oh, use right. them in his yeah, that's five. Right. Yeah, there you go. That's perfect. Yeah, cool. All right, uh, that's what you're gonna be doing. Yeah, amongst other things. Yeah, that's probably it. Looking forward to spending time with the family. Thanksgiving should be good. So what about you guys? 
Um, I could go next, I guess. Yeah. So, so Thanksgiving. Um, I gotta go fix my 580 since uh, I brought a whole bunch of dirt and dust from uh, Arizona back to you know Virginia here. Um, beyond that, I do have uh, some servos to swap out, and that's part of the reason why I have some extra servos, Kevin. I have the uh, Kenico Edition Theta set, and I'm going to put that in my RAW 700. So I'm going to be taking a set of Theta C1s out for now, and I'll cool, man. to the side or whatever. So That's what um, I was looking for, if that's what you're talking yeah, about selling. Yeah, maybe, possibly. We'll talk after the show. but um, All right. Yeah, so I'm going to do a little bit of work on that, and obviously, uh, before the next episode, hopefully I'll have my car towed to the shop, and and we'll get that going. So little, little by little, you know, I'm going to try to beat Steve Shaw, you know, fixing my Miata before he gets that <laughs> gasser or any of his electric done. You know, I know he called me out on the Miata, so I'm going to call him out on his helicopters now because I have plans and set the ball in motion for, for me to get my car, you know, running. <laughs> well, and now we have, helicopters, a, I don't know yet. <laughs> now we have a little bit of a timeline, you know, Carrie Shirley is, uh, the one who is, you know, justified and, and brought to life the timeline that we have now. So yes, at least five years. Yeah. It's years. <laughs> years. He probably got that when the, that G2 whiplash First came out yeah. six years I'm ago sure. or whatever. <laughs> I guess. Five. It's been a couple of upgrades since then. So I don't know if he got those as well. I, no, I, don't, I think he, hopefully had he his, doesn't. But when I had mine, when I first got mine okay. and that was, was like what, 2018. 2017? Years. 2018. Wow. Cheers. It's been a long time. What Although I can't say too much. This scale thing sat in a box for 10 years, so that's my longest ever. Yeah. You said you collected parts for 10 years. If I'd done I that, I would lose all the parts from 10 years <laughs> ago, so I would, <laughs> yeah. still wouldn't have what I need. Or forget which parts I guess are gone. Why didn't you get this? I had specific okay. boxes that I threw, threw the parts in. So I couldn't lose them. <laughs> nice. Uh, All right. Uh, yeah. Beyond that, um, I do have a raw 580 kit that I, I'm, you know, talking about kits sitting. I've never had a kit sitting in my garage this long. I don't know what I'm waiting for. Maybe I'm waiting for a GT15 kit for a, a, a raw or maybe a crack in 580 conversion, and then, and then I can take that motor and put it in the 580. Yeah, I might do that. I might have to talk. Um, but. Yeah, beyond that, it's uh, it's winter time. It's getting cold, and it's a holiday, so you know a little bit less on focus on the hobby and a little more focus on family and, and friends and stuff. So, um, yeah. Uh, what about you, Andy? I will finish this Puma, and probably by this weekend. I would say tomorrow, but I guess I'll edit podcasts, so probably won't get it done tomorrow. Maybe Thursday. I'm not doing anything for Thanksgiving, I don't think. So I am going, if nothing breaks, knock on wood, I should get done with harvesting tomorrow. Just got a little bit of corn left to do. And then harvest will be done. And that'll be a relief. And then I'm getting ready for winter bash. I still have some things to finish on the dad's new camper to get it ready and i'll be heading out next week come down to see the florida guys and hang out in this nice warm weather they're having 
Cool. It should be nice, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did. I said I hadn't bought anything yet. I did buy a TRM three ten engine. <laughs> Mm. You pulled a Steve. <laughs> I pulled a Steve, bought an engine, and then realized I probably need to get another pipe muffler. So uh, I made uh, another order and got that, Carrie. <laughs> Thank you very much. Don't, don't ship that. I'll hope that yeah. maybe I can just pick it up next week. Oh, you want to do that? Okay. Yeah, fine. That's all right with you. Yep, it's fine. And uh, so, yeah. So now I'll have something to put on my um, test stand, test run in break-in stand perfect Look, looking forward to that nice. and then i get that all broke in i'll be ready for that super g when it comes out all right mm-hmm. if anybody out there wants a good deal on the original raw gasser conversion <laughs> let me know i got one that for sale i'll make you a good deal nice uh shoot i guess that's it maybe i'll fly this weekend should I fly all my stuff before the fun fly or should I just wait? That's what I was going to say. I'm flying fly. the, that Oxy five. It's the only thing I got. If I crash it, I'm still going. Cause I'm going to just go and hang out with everybody. Yeah. And you have enough helis that if you crashed one or two, you can go. I so mean, fly. this Oxy five that you're getting from me is ready to go, but it, it would need electronics. Like it's, it's, I, it was a flying model. I took the stuff out of, so yeah. Depending well, I'm on how industrious it. you are, you could throw your motor and servos in uh, there and be ready to go. I'm not Ian or Steve. I don't like I'm the just, wrench at the fun fly. I don't like the wrench at the fun fly. I like to talk at the fun fly. Yeah, me too. Maybe have a drink. Yeah, I stopped or that 12. wrenching shit a long time ago. <laughs> the, the only or time 12. I wrench at the <laughs> at a or fun fall fly. off a golf cart. <laughs> yeah, fall off a golf cart. Uh, going two miles per hour too. <laughs> just to make a point. <laughs> No, but uh, I don't. I don't wrench at fun flies anymore. I try not to. Um, no, unless it's, it's like a new kit I'm trying to build for that event. I, I don't like it. It's just yeah. Yeah, it's a pain. And you just don't have everything you have that you have at home to build a kit. You know, when you're out at the field or working on a table while everyone's flying and having fun, and you're still trying to wrench it. No. Yeah, yeah for me, I'm it's over hard that. To concentrate. Yeah, All I'm right. over that. I have enough helis. I don't need to bother. Uh, We're gonna have a. We're going to have a little bit of a challenge at the um, Fun Fly. Mm-hmm. The field we use is owned by the city. Mm-hmm. And as you know, we've had a couple of pretty big hurricanes come through here recently, did a lot of um, tree damage. Well, the city has decided to utilize part of our field to store mulch or tree stuff. Mm. Nice. So. It's going to probably consume one or two flight stations that we normally set up. It's out of the way. I mean, the main yeah. main part of the field is fine, but um, it's going to be a little more constrained than it was last year. So you're saying we now have an obstacle course to fly? <laughs> uh, there are piles. Uh, so yeah, if you want to go pile, you want to use them at. You want to play. Uh, you know, dodgeball with uh, some trees, <laughs> have at it. <laughs> nice. I, I think the trees will win, but. Mm-hmm. But the helicopters will give a valiant effort. Nonetheless, so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I doubt there will be any big flashes and uh, sudden yeah. disintegration as a result of it. Oh, <laughs> <not>. <laughs> no. 
All right. Um, how about you, Kerry? I guess uh, what's what do you got going on in the next couple of weeks for you? Uh, I'm trying really hard to get the uh, this manual done for the Super G so that uh, when I get the parts in, we'll be ready to go. Um, uh, I need to start on the 580 as well. Other than that, it's Thanksgiving. I'm going to eat. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, that's always fun. Yep. I'm going to go out. I'm not cooking. My wife's not cooking. Somebody else will cook and clean up. That's awesome. That's the best. Uh, that's great. Yeah. Um, get a bottle of wine and you're good to go. Yeah. Nah, I stopped all that a long time ago. <laughs> I'm very boring in that way, but um, probably will not fly any at all. Actually, I I don't have time to fly that much anymore, unfortunately. Um, I used to fly in uh, FAI kind of competition stuff, and I really love that. It it's it's so challenging and it actually builds a lot of confidence, you know, because you're doing this repeating thing and there's five people staring at you, judging every little bobble or move that you make. So when you can do those properly and get good scores, it makes you feel really good, but man, is it hard work? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Before we get into, uh, I think we have one listener pipeline. Um, you know, this episode will be released in a in or around the time of Thanksgiving. So I just want to give a give thanks. You know, obviously to everyone in RC Heli community, but thanks to these guys um, on the call. Um, obviously, we've went you know three hundred just a three hundred fifty third episode of of Free Fall, and it's a lot of episodes with uh you know with these guys, and and they stuck with us uh, through the years. So. Uh, I thank you guys for for all the effort and, and time you guys put into the show and and you know to the hobby itself. So, you know, thank you. Yeah, as nice, a listener, man. I'd like to say thanks for all your efforts as well. It's great to have sources of information that people can listen to and find out you know what's going on around uh, around the hobby because not everybody's plugged in and you can't be plugged in. There's too much going on everywhere. So you guys yeah. have really really contributed to that. Thanks, Gary. Thank you. Thanks, Gary. Thank you for all you've done to further gas helicopters. You've always yeah. been, been putting yourself out there and coming on our show a couple times, providing info and uh, run a nice Facebook group, gas powered helicopters, I guess it's called. Yep. It's a forum on Heli Freak. So I appreciate all you've done. Thanks. We try to uh, try to move these things forward. I'm not alone. There are other people. Uh, Doug and Tom and other people are making a difference. Dennis, yeah. lots of people. I see you. I see you and uh, Doug as like the the grandfathers of gas or how he's like the you know the yeah, founders like of this. Father most of the time. <laughs> but you know, what I mean, like the founders, like the ones that came from you know when these things didn't fly for shit and now they fly really well and, yeah. and they've yeah. come so far. So you've seen that progression and you helped that progression. When you think about you pushed ga- it. gas helicopters, you do think Doug Darby and Carrie Shirley. And Carrie Shirley. Yep. That's what I'm saying. Of course, saying. I know Those Tom the and there's a lot mm-hmm. of other people that maybe are less public, but you guys seem yeah. to be the face of it. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, Kind of want to add my two cents, man. As far as thanks, I'd like to thanks the 
the listeners for making the show over the years what it is. Yeah. And we've had a lot of great listeners that have contributed to the show and been a part of the show, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, for and sure. supported the show, right? You know, their words yeah, absolutely. keep us going, you know, and, and kept us going for so long. So, yeah. Yep. Awesome. So, thank you. All right. Thanks. Now to give uh, a little more listener stuff, let's go right into listener pipeline here. And we do have one, and I'm going to play it here. Here we go. Hey, not sure if this is the right number or not, but I'm calling um, to uh, interview for the uh, open position for the fourth podcaster. Um, I know that, that there's some secretive, uh, some secretivity about, around this. Um, doing, you know, you guys are ending the show, quote unquote, and uh, we're going to restart it with the new host. Um, anyway, yeah, I, I just want to let you know that. I'm available. Um, I don't work any doubles. Um, I have tech tips coming up my wazoo here, man. Just, uh, I've got so many I can't see straight. Uh, so let me know if I can apply. Thanks. Awesome. You're hired. Okay. Oh, boy. Ian, you better watch out. Someone's coming after your job. <laughs> <laughs> he might nice. be in consideration if we only knew who he was. Yeah, I wish he left say. his name. <laughs> Yes, I wish call back and tell us who you are. Yeah, even the first time you called, we looked back and we were trying to figure out who it was and couldn't figure it out. So, yeah, let us know who, who you are and That's we'll consider awesome, you for though. the position. He's got tech tips. Yeah, yeah. Coming out to Wazoo, so, I mean, yeah. That's, awesome. that's what we need. All right. Uh, before we wrap it up, I just want to give a, a special thanks to Carrie for coming on the show. Um, you know, uh Taking the time and the effort and just, you know, all of that stuff um, and doing what you do for the hobby and the community. It's very appreciative. So thank you. Thank, thanks, guys. Appreciate the uh, opportunity to just talk with you today. Thanks, Gary. See you at the Winter Bash. Uh, I will be there Saturday. Okay, cool. Nice. Okay, let's move it on to the outro then, huh? All right. I didn't do let's, my Facebook likes. Do we even do have it. any Facebook likes? I don't know. I've kind of given up. So with the Facebook likes, we're at 1,444 new, uh, well, not new likes, likes. <laughs> I think I have two new likes, which I don't understand. Uh, Facebook is just being stupid and being Facebook because uh, one of them is from yesterday. So we'll, we'll announce this person's name is Oshihiro Otaka. And then this is eight hours ago. And I know this guy. So I thought he would have, Liked us way earlier than eight hours ago, but we have Michael Shaggy Parker. What? Yeah, who just all liked right. us eight hours ago. So, well, he might have unliked us after all the stuff oh, we yeah, did. That's though. true. Oh, and Touché. now just like this mm. again. You do have a point there. Yes. <laughs> so he hated us, liked us, didn't like us, and now he's back to like us. So thank you, <laughs> thanks Shaggy. All right. Let's see. What do we have for Facebook comments? Uh, we don't have any Facebook comments. What? I post. I posted some pictures of my weekend out at the Fun Fly, my Saturday, out at the, out at the field, which was kind of like a Fun Fly. And if you want to see uh, that that proto drone or pro drone, pro uh, hel- helicopter, and how how it looks, and it, it's a pink color scheme, which everybody was like, pink, blah blah blah, manly, blah blah blah, all the comments. But then when he flew it, everybody's like, holy shit, you can really see that pink. Pink, so green color. Yeah. 
and uh yeah you can see the 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 helis that were at the field and the the push rod you know concept that's on the on the um on the heli itself there's like there's almost zero adjustments with the swash and it, there was a lot of there was a lot of cool like concepts they had to making sure the swash was level before you actually set your servos up and stuff but uh, you can see all that kind of stuff i took a couple close-up pictures he has a contronic on that bad boy uh but no comments and then i posted uh or no we posted uh the show with nick maxwell last week uh tech tips with nick maxwell and got two shares but no comments so no comments at all yeah listeners are upset we're ending we had Could a be. comment under your pictures there jimmy tate posted his his crash telly Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, under, under, and, uh, what do you say? Main gear. Main gear in the link. Under Jimmy was pit. having fun flying, I'm sure. Yeah, he was at an RCHO. Right. Oh, yeah. I recognize that blue table. Nice. Mm-hmm. Same. Yep. So did I miss that comment? Yeah, you missed it, Kevin. Yeah, refresh. What the hell's wrong Sorry. with you? Sorry. <laughs> I still don't see it. I hate Facebook. I hate Facebook. <laughs> yeah. You All right. Let's move it on then. Uh, let's see. People, oh, website comments. Oh, no, listener posts. I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to do any spending things doing. anymore. Nope. It's all falling you know apart. Uh, Bill Ann commented on their Facebook page. He shared their, uh, I don't know, shared the our last episode with Nick Maxwell. He said, can't wait to listen with like a thousand explanation points. That's just for you, Kevin. Oh, thanks, Bill. Thanks, Bill. Yeah. All right. So I went through the emails on the website and I had to delete like 30 emails we got today. Um, Something about the water at Camp Lejeune. Whole, a whole bunch of uh, receipts for pots and pans and just general spam shit, but nothing worth reading, unfortunately. Nothing worth reading. Oh, okay. All right, people. Podbean. We gotta have some there, no? Yeah, we got like nine things that happened since last week. Um, I have some Steve, comments too. Steve Wattenberg. He liked a bunch of episodes. Three forty nine. Burke Hammer. Uh, 351, the FFRC crew, 352, Tech Tips with Nick Maxwell, 350, fellow podcasters, aka Trainwreck, a sitter Lee, like episode 344, review series of the Gooski or Goose Guy, S2 Legend, Heliman like the Ooze and Oz, which was episode 339 and episode 341, quit working, Maximum Collective. I don't know why I, I like that name. I don't know why. Uh, maybe I'll find out next week. He liked episode 351, FFRC crew and 352 tech tips with Nick Maxwell. Nice. And I, I was talking to Mark Ritchie. I've been, I've been, you know, we, we, uh, message he started during the week about just everything that's going on, mm-hmm. uh, in life in general. And, uh, he actually said he enjoyed the, the fellow podcasters episode. And I was yeah. like, yeah, well, you know, we're, when we were recording it, I was we weren't sure how it was going to be. That's why it's labeled train wreck. But mm-hmm. um, it wasn't. Yeah. It was, no, it was it really was, cool. Yeah, it turned, turned out good. 
Um, and let's see here. We have uh, one comment left on Podbean, and it's from okay. MWXMWX one day ago. And it says, uh, you were wondering which part of the country I'm from. I'm located on the west side. West side of Poland. <laughs> so we have a listener from Poland. That's pretty nice. cool. Nice. Yeah. And he's commenting on our, on our Podbean. So that's awesome. Thanks. Thanks for that. That's awesome. All right. Yep, that's all we had. So let's move it on. Uh, iTunes review? Yeah? yeah? Yeah. Come on. We, five, we got an iTunes review, Andy? Uh, I, don't know. I forgot to look. Hang on. Come on, man. <laughs> I like to how I yell at you for not knowing what you're doing, and I'm worse than you are. <laughs> for some reason, <laughs> that entertains me. You like to double down on That's me. what it is. Yeah. You go double. You just go hard. Yeah. Uh, which doesn't, doesn't sound good. <laughs> <laughs> no. What the hell, Andy? Uh, we have no new iTunes reviews. What the hell, All man? All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, five episodes left. I think I'm changing the outro now. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm done tying. Dang all this stuff as fast if as you, I can. Yeah, so if you done, want, he can't even say what he's done of. Yeah, I'm done with saying I'm done. If you want to know what other fellow podcasters are out yeah. there, send us an email or something or comment and... We'll let you know. Just listen yeah. to last week's episode. <laughs> we'll let you know or which one ones that, we one like and that. that you should listen to. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Email us. We'll tell you the real scoop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, Again, thanks, Carrie. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Carrie. <laughs> thanks, Carrie. Oh, thank you. Awesome. All right. Thanks to our listeners. Are you ready, Andy? We are Skies, and we'll see you next time. See ya. Bye, everybody. Bye. How am I going and testing one, two? I feel like I'm a little. No, you're good, I think. You sound testing good. One, two, three, yeah? Yeah, okay. you're good. You're good right there. But when you, right here. Just when you back away. How about this, Andy? Is this good? <laughs> or, well, so Steve, <laughs> you know, he gets distracted and he's out back here talking. Yeah. Here. But then when he does the wrap up, he gets right up here and does a wrap up just like this. I'm like, <laughs> damn, that's too much. <laughs> <clears throat> I gotta that, get that deep voice for that. Is that my cat? So anyway, I'm making noise. That's it. Oh man! I'm doing this and going. It's possible my dogs start might start making noise. They're asleep and they uh, they dream a lot. So nice. Not sure what they might do. Tell that dog to be quiet. Yeah. Important business is happening. If it gets if it gets too bad, I'll mute it. There's important <laughs> nonsense going on out here today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It it sucks. I should have never volunteered to go to Vegas. They said who wants to go to Vegas and I was like, me. But yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> the idea of going to Vegas is like, be, yeah, let's me, go, it'd be, be fun. Me, me, me. It'd be cool if I could 
to see my buddy, but it's going to be like trade show shit. It'll be all right. It'll be cool. Well, you'll have some time to do whatever, but yeah. <clears throat> For the returning host. I don't know if I have George's contact info. You want me to call him? Yeah, can you? Uh, mm-hmm. I don't want to do it now because it's so freaking late. No. I'll no. call him tomorrow. Steve, remind me tomorrow. I mean, tell him he doesn't have to do the whole show. Just, just what he's come on, to. Stop by for, for an hour. 30 or minutes, minutes or an hour yeah. would be good. Yeah. I'll just go tell to him, his house. Tell just tell him, here, tell, buddy. Him, tell him Steve hasn't worked on the Miata and he's wondering if you come by and get it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not the Miata, but he, you got to tell him... He's finally done with those little boxes. He can sell you those boxes now that he's done with it. Because that's what he was talking about, right? He was talking about the little part spins. Uh-huh. When you... When you yeah. All right. I am done with those part spins, by the way. 